Hello everybody, it's Awesome Boone. I hope everybody's extremely well. Before we bounce into this week's podcast, I just want to give a really big shout out to our sponsors this week, an awesome company which provide amazing drop-in flexible workspace all across the city of London. They're called workclubhq.com and today we're actually going to be recording our podcast in this really cool pub in the middle of Hammersmith. So there is going to be a little bit of sound in the background where people are coming and going, but I I, I kind of think it's actually, it, it adds a little bit more authenticity to what I'm trying to do. Um, all the podcasts are pretty much completely unscripted. It is just me just having really good conversations, I hope, with really, really interesting people. And that's very much the feel I'm going for. So I hope you enjoy it. If there is any sort of irritating background sound, I do apologize. I don't think there is. We've listened to the podcast a few times. Um, but please always give feedback. Um, I'm always keen to learn. I'm always keen to improve. So without further ado, we'll get started. Okay, so welcome back to the Awesome Boom podcast. I'm here with a really good friend of mine, Tida. I am massively excited about doing this podcast, buddy. I can't tell you. We've been uh, we've been talking now for quite a few years, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we've been speaking now for like three years at least three, now. Three years, yeah, three yeah, years. I remember, yeah. remember the first time we met and um, we spent good few hours in bishop's park in fulham just chewing the fat about life yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. i was i was still very early on in what i call my, my my journey of waking up i guess and now three years later it's it's, it's great to be able to have a conversation with you and uh, you as you always said man you know, the universe has a plan you know we're all a part of the plan it doesn't matter what you think you are who you are you have a purpose you're here for a reason it's all meet and connect and share. You know? mm. so, Absolutely. So let's let's start because I mean you've had a really interesting life. You know you you you, you travel the world. You've you've got a huge experience in plant medicines and you know helping healing people and all that. And I think a lot of people have, there seems to be a, a, a huge amount of energy and thirst around understanding more about plant medicines and you know the use of plant medicines and psychedelics like ayahuasca and magic mushrooms and you know dmt so i think let's just sort of kick off wherever you're comfortable and cool uh i mean you know the, the, i mean when it comes down to psychedelics in today's world they're being talked about they're doing research about it but at the same time publicly we need to be very objective about it at the end, as a species, we are, we can conceptualize our creator, we can conceptualize theories of religion, but in actual fact, we're being kept alive by plants. You know, literally right now, we can conceptualize about the meaning of life, all through the basis that a plant outside this window is producing air for us. Mm. So this, there is a symbiotic connection, a synchronistic connection that we have with plants but when it comes down to uh, what we call plant communication i think that's something that people would or that people are doing it right now you know that's that's the that for me is the funny thing about with psychedelics when we have such human restrictive laws about a human being not able to explore one's own mind and one's own existence even though Plants have literally fed us, clothed us, have run our societies to a certain point because we've used money for so long. Plant, right? Mm. So we have two options. We either chop down a tree, make it into paper, use that money to then buy the fruit of the tree we just killed. 
or we can use the actual tree, consume it, and see what it has to say. Um, plant communication in the, for example, cannabis world, it's huge. Mm. If you look at Facebook and Instagram and social media, there are more pages about cannabis than there is to feed the hungry, than there is for world peace. So there's something happening here that we have to see the bigger picture about because it's a part of our heritage, I guess. We are on this planet and whoever put us on this planet gave us many, many clues, you know, and plants is plants are our next going on future, I would say. Why do you why do you think um there has been such a such a sort of movement to limit our access to plants because it seems that like the world governments and people in power seem to have a, a a real issue with allowing us to to explore you know because at the end of the day we are only exploring our own minds our own conscious and and I, I've always struggled to get my head around why a government would would actually put in huge roadblocks and spend a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money in actually preventing us from utilizing these sort of these plants which are all around us. And like you sort of say, with very, very good reason. You know, we've we've been extracting medicines from plants for thousands of years anyway. Yeah, and, we, and we and we still do now, you know, with you know, the opiates and stuff like that, we're using medicine all the time. But there does seem to be the governments do seem to have a real issue with allowing people to to open up and explore their mind. And I was just wondering if you had any sort of insight into to why you think that is. What are they scared of? Are they trying to protect us? Or is it more about control and stopping us from potentially, you know, accessing higher information, realizing our full potential? Well, I'll say it's a two-way point. You know, there's, there's two sides to this. In one way, I feel... I mean, I'm not surprised, looking at human nature, we've always had the situation of control and power. Now, if there are plants that would make one question the way they are living in society or being told, that in turn would cause a disruptiveness to the governments, to the order system. Somehow human beings are going against the grain of you know, the chaos theory at the end. But on the other hand, as a species, I feel that we, like these roadblocks, as we're calling them, they're there. You know, mm. it's not that overnight they're going to disappear. No. But I feel it's these situations, because the government doesn't work great in most countries. You know, most people complain about their governments, the system that makes things go round. Mm. Even though we don't make things go round ecologically, it's all about economy. So I think it's great that whatever uh, program we're in, and I'm using the word program, okay, there's a situation called government that on a daily basis we are either complaining about it, talking about it, or it's in the news. It's a bunch of humans trying to control another bunch of humans on a bigger picture, let's just say 1 to 99 ratio. Mm. I think in one manner it's great. Because it's, it's, it, on the larger picture, now is when people are disappointed within the government system. Now is the time where people are complaining, arguing, discussing politics. People are 
taking an opinion on how they want their country to be run. I mean, looking at historically, we, we don't really have the best reputation as a species on this planet. So, you know, the way we have treated this, treated Mother Earth or even other animals, I mean, look at the way we treat each other. Mm, you know, yeah. so in one way, it's, it's a, a sad situation. But at the same time, I think it only pushes the human brain to go further. I think it's actually an important aspect of our growth. Naturally, human beings, we're, we're, we're loving beings, we're loving, loving species, you know, and we also like to relax as well. If we didn't have such systems to mentally push us, um, who knows where, where would we have been by now? But in today's day and age, luckily, you know, the, the cannabis movement in, in England is going forward, you know, after many years of regulations just cutting off the conversation things have come quite forward i feel this is probably the best time to be on this planet really because you have the concept of human beings interacting with other human beings through different mediums through conversation like a podcast youtube through audio visual medium through music and the thing is it's great. I think is I think it's fantastic. And complaining about what the government uh, has tried to do over the years, it's not going to work any longer. You know, plants will always win. Mm. Um, I think I'm more I'm more intrigued about um, politicians actually supporting such movements now. Uh, I've met many politicians in a few different countries that do consume psychedelics you know and for their view about fixing a system is not just shouting about it we get angry we shout about things we don't understand why cannabis is illegal we don't understand it one politician in india told me that i mean just think about this would anything with human beings if you introduce anything new you know economy will always change because there's a reason why with cannabis in particular has not been legalized in many countries is because it will alter the way human beings want to run their society. It won't be running like, like how we've been using petrol for so long, right? It can be sold. But now we're having solar, which doesn't make a lot of money for too many people. So it's not being pushed. So it's like my, for them, it goes money is a psychological human issue that we have to deal with and looking at the future the change has to happen inside the conversations have to happen inside when we look at plant medicine you look at cannabis you look at mushrooms you look at ayahuasca you look at iboga um, <clears throat> all of which push the human capacity both mentally and physically and emotionally. Those politicians are still human, you know, and at the end, if you are unable to live with your existence, you will come to the plants. It's not but if, but more like when. So the, the plants are doing their thing at the end. 
people can discuss uh, politics, but I think it's going to come to plant politics very soon. Well, yeah, I think you're starting to um, you're starting to see that, though, aren't they? Aren't we? Um, in the respect of them discussing using magic mushrooms in sort of treatment resistant depression, and that that conversations, you know, really is actually happening real time now, yeah. which is which is very very encouraging because, yeah. I mean. We we see. I was reading. I was reading a study not so long ago, um, where, you know, people who have had years of what they call treatment-resistant depression, where they've obviously tried all the sort of normal, regulated pharmaceuticals with 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 no real sort of help or benefit to them, where they're actually now in studies being able to consume actually very small amounts of of of, of magic mushrooms and psilocybin. Yeah. And it's ha actually having a, a profound effect on them very, very quickly, where they're, they're actually, you know, then going potentially weeks, if not months, you know, without the sort of symptoms, you know, sort of taking control of their lives again and restricting yeah. them. And I find that just that in itself absolutely fascinating because, you know, we live in a society now where actually an awful lot of people suffer from mental health issues. You know, it's, it's all around us. You know, I've had mental health issues. Everyone I know is. Suffered. We all have it. We all, we all have it. And it's obviously, you know, there is something which is creating this discourse in, in our society. You know, why are so many people struggling nowadays? You know, is that down to uh, not being able to live authentically, you know, being sort of stuck in this, this, this sort of system, you know, that we find ourselves in, um, you know, forced to do things that ultimately don't really give us much back spiritually, um, you know, getting up early in the morning when it's dark, being stuffed onto a busy commuter train, you know, working, getting a boss who shouts at you, staring at a bright screen all day under bright lights and an air-conditioned kind of box. And then you've got to sort of fight your way back home. And by the time you get home, you're absolutely exhausted. So then you drink a bottle of wine, stick a meal in the microwave, watch a bit of TV, and then crash out to bed before it all starts again. It's like a never-ending cycle, you know, and... And hence we are, we were like a consumerist species now and we love entertainment. We love to get our mind off our own existence. This is a mental illness. I mean, if there are aliens out there looking down upon us, like, so these humans chop down trees, make money out of it, and then they would watch other humans not be themselves for the sake of entertainment. Like the reality TV. Right. Okay. I mean, it's, it's interesting, yeah. but... You know, when, when, when we talk about depression, for example, that's a state of human, I mean, what we'll see in the jungles, that's a state of human evolution. It's emotional evolution. So, if, you know, if you're out there and you, you feel you're depressed, congratulations, you're evolving as a species. You're realizing that you're either what you're consuming, in a sense, uh, materialistically, when it comes down to relationships, when it comes down to your own being, you looking in the mirror yourself, if something does not feel right or feels lacking, we get depressed. And that's a great thing because at the end, when we start looking at ayahuasca, you know, no one I've ever met that went in thinking that their life is absolutely awesome and everything is great. A lot of people, and I'll say for myself as well, I had to seek another meaning 
because I couldn't understand human existence right now, the way we treat each I mean, as a species, the fact that we have orphaned children, it doesn't make sense. No. The fact that we have something called poverty, it doesn't make sense. You know, it there's certain things our behavior has not evolved. And I feel you're living on a planet, you know, there's a tree out there that makes mangoes. There's a tree out there that makes bananas, that makes cherries, all these delicious tasting things. You've not ordered these things. You couldn't have conceptualized these flavors, these tastes, these colors. And yet you're living in this ecosystem that's literally providing everything to you. It's not about reading a book. It's not about listening to another human being. You want an opinion? Get one from a plant. Get one from the very thing keeping you alive right now. And I feel that's that's how we have to progress. You know, I think if if it was freely available to us, would we respect it as a certain way? We maybe, maybe not. I mean, if you look right now in the uh, the cannabis business, you know, there's a big talk about commercialization of something. You know, there's these are these are situations that we have to see in the future. Uh, at this one politician in India mentioned that he goes, you know, the day we legalize cannabis, he goes, any country, your economy will change for those next ten years. Things will go up. Things are going to go down. But things will change. And he goes innately. And this individual did did uh, ayahuasca. He said the one thing he got to learn was that change is a consistent part of human beings and that's the one part we fear the most mm. is change you know oh no if we people we if we allow people to be more free thinking more loving more kind people what what would happen to our economy i don't know what would happen to our economy so it it sounds you know it's very much sort of driven on fear isn't it still you know still they, they, they 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 they're convinced that the system at the moment is good. You know, the rich people get rich. You know, other people just sort of fall by the wayside. Doesn't really affect anybody because yeah. you've seen this in, like, especially like you know, like California and Colorado, who have legalized. You know, that you, their economies have changed, and and actually the knock-on effect from legalizing cannabis in those states, you know, where we've seen, you know, obviously huge profits being made in tax. And that being put back into the communities and school and healthcare and and all of that, which is fantastic. But also, you're seeing drops in crime rates. You're seeing drops in domestic violence. Exactly. And all of these sorts of things. So that that to me is actually all very positive change. Yeah. And it, it, and I, it, we we see that. You know, the UK government can see that, and yet you know the British government still seem to be hell-bent on going we're just we're just not going to entertain this but then again right now i mean this is a, a touchy subject but you know when 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 we're in a country that wants to uh, leave a communal society of lands and say we don't want to be a part of this community society of lands anymore it's a bit you know i mean we're not thinking super straight either no. You know, it's doesn't for me. Doesn't make that much sense. You can't move your land upwards and shift over there. You can't do that. You're still going to still have these neighbors, and that's, I mean, that's one thing about plants that I feel is very important now, with politics and plants. 
is that okay okay simply put when someone consumes cannabis what do they get from it we use this word a high but why does it reduce crime rate why does it reduce domestic violence why why does it produce a more social society why does it produce happy friendly people how can a plant change a human being in such a way and it does incredibly quickly doesn't it i mean if you, if you look at you know most people who who use it say you know recreationally or medically even you know where other other things in their you know other medica- medications don't work um you know i've seen this plenty of times where people you know who are you know suffering from chronic illnesses and you know literally a, a couple of puffs on a plant and 30 seconds later they're in a completely different space you know we see it for people after work you know i know loads of people you know who have stressful jobs and um you know get home from work they've had a crappy ride on the tube they're stressed they're pissed off mm-hmm. and 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 literally within two minutes of sitting down and and lighting up a joint the, the world is the world is perfect again everything is it's just totally shifted your perception it's, it's it's been able to somehow release all that negativity and you see this a lot and you know sometimes i don't even think people are that aware of it but you're just naturally drawn to something which is going to make you feel better yeah absolutely i mean it's, it's our relationship with tobacco um it's our relationship with um the air um it's our relationship with um alcohol I mean, at the end, when someone was telling me, when it comes down to the spiritual end of things, there's this, again, there's always ego traps that you can play with everything. Oh, I don't need psychedelics to be spiritual. Um, oh, I don't need plant medicines. So I was okay, then you know, stop breathing. Because your air is a medicine. It, your air is being given to you by a plant. Yeah, that's a you very know, good point. Alcohol. It's either made from, you know, barley or potatoes and whatever else it's made from it's not just made from we're not buying it from saturn you know it's made from plants at the end so in its own way it's plant medicine you know we say that alcohol works within the lower the lower chakras of a human being like we say you have fire at the ego that's there so when you put alcohol on fire what happens it just gets bigger so when you people drink they feel more confident they feel jollier, they feel more merry. The, when someone consumes cannabis, they feel positive. They feel very expressive, as we've seen in music and in art for so many years. They become very philosophical. They become very theoretical. And what we say that's, for example, used, that opens up the throat chakra, you know, and as reference to Lord Shiva, who is the god of destruction of man's ego and presented human beings with this particular plant to help them out first. And now with air, you know, right now people are getting sicker because our air is bad, you know. So these are really, really simple, simple things that you can look into as as a species that, okay, you know, we have plants that are available to us, at a certain level, you're talking about space travel, you're talking about conquering other planets. So hold your horses, figure your stuff out on this planet. You know, once, and I think it's, it's, it's like a brother and sister fights that are happening right now. All the neighboring countries, 
every neighboring country has an issue with each other. North has a problem with the South. See, these things you have to sort out. And personally speaking, I feel plants with politics would actually take things much more further mm. than, you know, generic human ego bashing. That happened, that's been happening all across this time. I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's a shame. I mean, I find it fascinating that, you know, you talk about meeting sort of politicians in other countries who have actually gone down that route of using ayahuasca. Um, I, don't, I don't think there is a politician in the UK who has. I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, touch wood there is. I'm hoping there is. It just makes our life, it makes everyone's life easier. Yeah. If there is, if, there's, if there are people, I mean, again, like a politician. And this is a, this is for me. It's I, I never understood the way human beings loved their order system. Like, why do you always want one person to be in charge? You want a a president, or you want a you want one person to blame? Okay, come on, guys. It's easy to blame someone. It is less easy to be responsible. When it comes down to a politician, I think you can either see from a career standpoint, as people say. But speaking, human beings, we innately love to help people. We innately love to lead. We are that. We, we love to lead. And in one sense, everyone's a leader. Everyone's an artist and everyone's a healer. But how we manage our egos within these structures has been our problem. We've just not ego managed. Mm. You know, that's... And with all these medicines... If you ask anyone else's opinion, they would always talk about the ego in some manner during that experience. So that uniqueness of the ego and the way it interacts with other egos. You know, either you're going to be defensive, either you're going to be attackive or um, uh, being offensive. Um, but actual fact, everyone, every, I mean, for me, every human being is a good, loving human being. If you're a bad, if someone says someone's a bad person, person just didn't get too many hugs in their life. You know, that's, if you don't know love, how do you, how can you give love to someone else? How can you even show compassion when you've never been shown it yourself? So it's always a two-way, two-way plateau. These politicians are still human. Mm. And I would always say that, you know, if you really, really want to be a good leader, understand the planet you're living on. Communicate with the planet you're living on. And oh my gosh, it will take you to beautiful places. And you will lead and you will help people. Yeah, I mean, it, I, think it's a, I think it's a pity that I think a lot of people don't necessarily have the insight to be able to think like that. So, so it's, a, it's a very mature mindset to have where I, I discussed this in my last podcast where I was saying that actually, you know, as a, as a society, you know, we are only really as strong as our weakest. And, you know, until we can, until we can show compassion and, and fix, fix our own house, so to speak, then how, how are we ever going to sort of advance and, and, and move forward? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a tricky one. So going back to going back to the ayahuasca, because um, I know a lot of our listeners are going to be really really interested in, you know, in this amazing plant medicine. Because I recently last year went off and had a, a weeks long retreat 
drinking the plant medicine and uh, experiencing cambo and having a proper detox and it was it was actually the first time in many years that you know i'd removed alcohol from my system i'd stopped using cannabis i'd dramatically cut out meat dairy products and all of that and i went on this retreat and it was full fully raw vegan vegan food and just water and water i don't mind drinking but i do get pretty bored of it i mm. I, I, I do i do recognize the fact that i do like sugar or something sweet in, in water anyway and i found i found the ayahuasca the most incredible experience i had generally had no idea what to expect i'd experienced uh, mushrooms before you know over the last sort of 20 years of my life um and i was i was nervous and i was scared i considered pulling out of the retreat many times before but i financially committed to it quite a lot of money so I use that as a, you know, you, you, you can't throw away that money. You're going to have to go for the experience. Yeah. And in that, in that week, it just, it fundamentally just turned, turned my understanding of my reality completely upside down. Um, and I just wanted to sort of discuss with you. We did, we had a sort of brief conversation about this the other day. And I know, I know a lot of people are actually interested in, in our point of views when we discuss this of when we use substances like this are they um are we just taking a drug which is then just giving us a hallucinogenic experience or are we as it's been suggested by many people throughout history are we through using these drugs are we able to go through to another dimension, another side, see a different reality or alternative reality. And I just wanted to know what your thoughts and opinions of it, because I know you've had a lot of experience with, with ayahuasca um, and seen a lot of people go through the ayahuasca journey. Because I know there's a lot of people out there who seem very, very interested in it. They read about it and it's something that they, I know that they want to do. Yeah. But just like me, there's a, there's a lot of fear you know, if I talk to my wife about doing it, she's like, yeah, I'd love to, I love the idea, but she said, ultimately, it, it terrifies me. And and that is probably, she probably represents probably 90% of the people I talk to. They're yeah. just actually, no, it just terrifies me. I'm just like, well, it's, it's not necessarily a terrifying experience. It, it's challenging. It's difficult. And oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to get your sort of thoughts on. I mean, um, the way if, when, when, when I was when anyone talks about this medicine, I always give a disclaimer. Like I have a, I would always have a biased opinion. Um, if I'm doing a plug, you know, I work for a plant medicine center in Peru. So in one manner, anything I say next is going to be obviously in the best of light. So the first thing I would say is that if you choose to do it, if the plant has called you, I would say firstly, congratulations for being handpicked by the planet to take your human experience forward and number two would be it will be the most hardest experience of your in your living life that is a clause i give to every single person that i find it's very important for humanity to go forward with this plant but it's not easy and anything is never going to be easy to come i think and, um all right, so when it comes down to this particular plant, uh, I actually spoke about it to a friend of mine uh, last week. 
It's like, I don't really understand. Like, you know, what do you mean? Like, so I explained the whole conceptuality that, you know, we have DMT in our brain and it's activated the day we're born and the day we physically leave our body or what we will use the word death when we die. So he's like, well, why would I want to, you know, go through this experience? I'm like, why would you? It is your choice. But the question is, when you have a phone, why do you update the software of your phone? What does it do to your phone? It's enhancing its features. I would compare things like ayahuasca to a BIOS update to the human brain. It's a computer we don't understand. However, this does upgrade the operating system in which you think. And that is the important part, I feel, with ayahuasca. Because what I've seen over the years is, is that with anything, you can keep consuming. right? But with ayahuasca, it, it's a teacher. It's going to teach you many things, all about yourself. The recommendation I always say is, after you go through one, two, or three ceremonies, off the hand, I would always recommend what I needed. I needed three for my breakthrough. So if I'm saying, if you go through three, take time. Take time to process what you go through. And this is actually the important part, I would say, after seeing, after experiencing uh, going through many, many ceremonies, your brain can access so much information in so many, I'm using the word dimensions, so many planes, so many planets. It's all accessible to you. you know, I would personally say it's, it's the universal data. Mm. Why you're on this planet, that's your deal. You chose to come here for a reason and purpose. So the information that you're going to get is very much tailored to you. However, that initial experience, that fear that people have, it's a natural experience. I've, I personally, that the, the time I was going to do my own ceremonies, I cancelled 12 times within 40 hours of sitting. Like, yes, uh, no, yes. And then I started thinking, who is saying yes and who is saying no? This is all a part of the experience. As soon as you want to do this, you've already started your pre-ceremony. Either you do it next week or you do it in 10 years. It doesn't make a difference. Time is irrelevant with this kind of work. Now when it comes to the actual, I would say, benefits, I would say, the way I can mention it, uh, maybe in an, in an, in an analogy, so imagine if, imagine a plastic bag, a clear plastic bag, and inside that you have water, and in that you have an aquatic being. So the day you're born, that, that's you, this clear water-filled plastic bag. So this plastic bag is your body. The water is conceptual love. And that being inside is you swimming around. So as a kid, you're having these ideas that I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and this, this, this. Then you start going through life. And in this, yeah, now you're going to start seeing and hearing and perceiving situations in which you may start trapping in your own bag. 
someone says anything mean to you, it's affecting you. Someone hits you, it's affecting you. Someone's abused you, it's affecting you. So over time, you have this shitty bag of water. You know, a bag just muddy, things are floating around. One day you can wake up feeling really positive, the next day you feel like absolute crap. It's like an every like a daily cycle of baggage. Mm. The way in which I can say now is that when you have the bag with the medicine, so imagine the medicine just opens the bottom of the bag. So all of a sudden, you're gonna the water falls out, the shit falls out. But the first time, you'll be holding on to the bag for dear life. Because all you've ever known is your body. You've only known the, that plastic bag. And now it's empty and you're holding on by that little piece. The second time, maybe. It gets a little bit difficult when you have to let go. So as soon as you let go of the bag, you're falling. You're falling in this free space, which I would use the word universal data now within this universal data you are going to see your water and your crap split as in dualities see it as yin yang in that sense your water your love disappears and you're just left with your crap and you are now going to see your crap in full 12k HD from every single perspective of every human being in a situation that caused you to go through a traumatic or hard experience. That's the hard part of the medicine because you can't run away from it. No. Whatever you've buried deep inside, it's all coming out. So as soon as you have dealt with all of your stuff, you're going to release it through a purge and hence you puke. Now you're in the universal data once again, free to explore and free to learn whatever you learn. I don't really believe saying anything here because it will just become too subjective of the experience. But eventually, after your experience is coming to your eventual close, you start, you're still falling, but you're going to land in an infinite ocean of water where you realize love is everywhere whatever it is and that I would encapsulate is the most simplest view of, of this particular plant medicine now the benefits I have seen cancer I have seen patients that have physical, uh, Ill, uh, physical uh, injuries um, arthritis, Alzheimer's, uh, I mean, I can't even name half the disease that I've like seen people come in. And you just start seeing that, hold on, three months later or two months later, the person that was on stage three cancer no longer has cancer. The person that had rheumatism arthritis no longer has arthritis after a few days. This is where my path changed when it came down to me working in the 3D world and then working with plants. Because you start seeing, hold on. The way we perceive illnesses, we need to first see it from the source. And in the jungle, so the source of any illness is going to be in the brain. Mm. You know, It's going to be in the brain, the heart, or the ego. 
all of which are linked with chakras in the body. If you open up these glands in your body, you will be able to fix yourself. That's the great thing about ayahuasca, that it's about, it's, even if you go through your experience for three days or five days, that's 1% of the medicine. Even though that 1% was the most incredible experience of your life, the 99% is the day after and the rest of your life going through. Because there is a bigger play in this, a way bigger play. And I would say no human being is at the forefront of it. The bosses are plants. They're quite good bosses, I feel. And they have a lot to share with human beings. Giving us cannabis now, teaching people to love a bit more. But with the ayahuasca, it literally is an upgrade to the human mental software. Mm. And that is, for me, the key of why I like working with this plant a lot. I, I, I mean, I, I completely agree. I completely agree because, I mean, you know, like you sort of say, everybody who goes to sort of go through the whole ayahuasca experience, they're, they're not going there because everything in their lives perfect you're going there because you you know there is discourse in your life and you want to you want to upgrade yourself you want to let go of of, of negative past negative history emotions for me it was i mean i'd suffered from uh, chronic anxiety that was I've, I've always been very lucky i think with my, my mental health I've, I've never i say this to my wife all the time i've never really experienced what i'd call depression it's not something which has ever taken its grip on me. I mean, mm. I've been, I've been upset and I've been depressed where parts of my life have gone completely wrong, you know. And then you lose complete control and you, you know, you're full of anxiety and worry. But my biggest thing has always been anxiety, and it's always been the one thing that I've always felt has, I'll use the word robbed, stopped me from maybe achieving lots of other things in my life, hitting full potential and all this sort of jazz. And for me, when I got, you know, into my sort of 30s, and I, I, and I was becoming more and more aware of this sort of behavior and how it was hindering me as a person moving forward, that's what drove me to sort of go in and start experimenting with plant medicine. Hmm. You know, because with my, with my past history in, you know, human behavior and psychology and understanding this sort of stuff, I thought, you know, if I can't, if I can't look after myself, if I can't fix myself, if I can't let go of whatever's going on, then that says actually a lot about me. And like I sort of said, you know, I was, I was terrified about going into the ayahuasca. And I, I arrived actually a couple of days late for the retreat because of work commitments. So I went straight in, straight from the airport, straight into a cambo ceremony. I remember just walking into this room where everyone else was like two hours into this cambo ceremony. And you just, it's all you can see is just people vomiting, diarrhea, you know, crying, you know, just this mad room of emotion of these half naked people just everywhere. And again, I was absolutely terrified and uh, went through the whole Cambo experience, which I found absolutely fascinating. I mean, it it was brutal. I mean, absolutely brutal. I mean, I I thought I was going to die at one point because everything just swelled up. My whole throat started to close. I was just like, Oh my God! You know what on earth have I gone and done here? I was just like, this is this is not good. You know, I mean, I 
so much sweat was coming out of my body. I had like a waterfall coming through my beard and just yeah, dripping yeah, onto my yeah, stomach, yeah. just absolutely soaked. And then going into the first ayahuasca ceremony, and again, you know, there's 27 of us in the room. We had the most amazing shaman, Carlos, who was, you know, did an amazing job. And we're sort of drinking this, the ayahuasca, which, as I've sort of said to you before, was absolutely revolting, the most <laughs> disgusting thing I've ever drunk in my life. And then after about 45 minutes, beginning to feel very, very nauseous and yeah. sort of, you know, trying to breathe through it, doing the breathing exercises and, and obviously always being told you just got to surrender. And, and for me, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't understand what surrender meant. I was wrapping my brains. Well, what, what does what does surrender mean, Orson? I was just like, I, I don't get what this surrender is. Do I like lie on my back and sort of just show my, you know, my vulnerability? I didn't get it. And I started to feel really, really sick. And I was just like, oh my God. I mean, my ego was kicking off going, you're going to be the first person to vomit. Everybody's going to look. I mean, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, long story short, I was the first person to vomit and I puked into this bucket. And as soon as I puked into this bucket, I was just thrown down this wormhole where I just found myself in this, in this empty space, this darkness. And then this incredible sort of light show, you know, just went on. Yeah. And, you know, you saw different sort of entities it's actually some fairly nasty looking entities sort of coming at you and I just remember then just you know show them love show them compassion and as soon as I started doing that they would back off and it would move away um I can go more into the, the, the experience later on but I mean what I noticed after that first night was a lot of my fear had disappeared it had gone I woke up a different individual and talking to other people on my retreat, you know, the common thing was, as you sort of say, I feel upgraded. I feel like I've had, you know, all of all of my old stuff is just sort of is, is leaving my body. You know, because I think the shaman sort of said to me, you know, you will just let go of everything which is no longer useful to you. You know, like you sort of say about, you know, the, the emotions, the traumas that we all experience in our lives. And it's it's an interesting concept when you when you start to look at the world we live in where there is so much more disease yeah. and trauma in people's lives. And you and I really do feel now and I really do believe that actually if you do not deal with any of these negative emotions and you just harbour them down, like I did. So like one of my biggest trauma memories of my childhood was when my parents got divorced. And I remember my father driving off down our drive and I was just chasing after him you know, to in total fear, total chaos, crying, didn't understand it. And for years, that emotion would be triggered. Mm. And it's actually, it's only now after doing the plant medicines that I'm able to actually talk about it without crying. Yeah. Whereas before, it always, it'd be, I'd be straight back as that four-year-old little boy running down the drive after his dad, not knowing where the hell he's going. Yeah. And I tested myself. I instantly started thinking about that memory because I knew it was a trigger memory which would invoke all of this trauma back up. And it used to make me feel, I mean, wretched, you know. Yeah. You'd have a whole physical response to this, this, this memory. And it wasn't there. I could think about it rationally mm. because during the trip with, the, with, with Mother Ayahuasca, you know, she'd gone through this whole memory and we'd looked at it from multiple different views. Yeah. And I'd looked at it from my father's view, my mother's view, my younger brother's view, my view, and understanding, saw his emotions, saw his pain, I saw my mum's emotions and pain, and 
it was just able just to sort of let go and like the you know the the entities and this is another thing which we can discuss because a yeah. lot of people are very interested in the entities and it's very difficult to explain what an entity is yes, yeah. you know i had this one experience where this entity was literally just taking things out of my body and out of my head and you could feel it when it go into what you see would be your head you'd feel this sort of almost like a sharp zap or, or some sort of sensation yeah, yeah and you know when you ask them what they're doing they're, they're removing the things that no longer serve you and for me i just find it absolutely fascinating that we have potentially got these plants which can potentially give us these incredibly enlightening experiences which can then actually go on to actually physically heal our bodies. It's in one way, it's mind blowing. That's completely mind blowing. It's, it's like we have discussed mental health for so long, and we've, we've as humans, we've studied it in such manners, and yet, oh, hold on, there's a plant that can actually be so informative, you know, while being so silent, like. It's in one way it's paradoxical. How can a plant teach me more than another human being or a book or something like that? It's quite incredible, like when it comes down to what we call plant technology. I think now we're getting involved with plant technology. I mean, personally, I would say when I first got into plant medicine, I was severely depressed. You know, I was. I had the best job in the world, I would say. I was a cinematographer. I loved shooting. I loved working in the film industry. But every commercial I did, I was getting more and more, uh, I'll use the word, depressed. Because I didn't understand, like, hold on, I'm following my dream. I'm earning money. I'm spending money. What's the problem here then? Am I not appreciating it? Am I the problem? Oh, I am the problem. And once, and then the usual human story, you know, being the, the being the victim of my own life story kicks in to a point where I became like, super ill. I remember going in knowing that I either need to know what I'm doing on this planet right now or just take me. Let's just finish the deal. I don't get this planet. I don't understand it. So you'd really got to that point in your life where actually I was it was... the lowest I've ever been. Yeah. You know, but that for me is the pinnacle point with any medicine is that your emotional spectrum, how we have the light spectrum, we have, a, we have an emotional spectrum. And once we, once we hit the highest and the lowest, you are prepared for the next experience, even though you're not technically prepared because you have no idea what you're going to go through. Mm. And you're never going to be prepared for medicine. You know, I always feel it's going to come to you. It's going to call you. It's your choice to take the calling or wait. There is no rush to do this either. That's, this is one thing. A lot of, a lot of people also have come in thinking that when they do this, they're going to become more spiritual. Mm. Well, you know, the plant will give you exactly what you need. It will teach your ego exactly what it needs to know. It will not give you what you want. It will give you what you need. And I 
that is the most important thing. It will give you a lot if you just be open to yourself. You know? And again, it works. I mean, the fact is, if you ask any human right now, if you ask them how many eyes do you have, everyone's going to say two. But the fact is, you do have a pineal gland, which looks like an eye, and it contains rods and cones. So, use your third eye. You have one. Use it. And people can, you know, unlock the potential of the third eye by meditation. You know, by going into nature. Go hug a tree. You're going to feel great. You know, it's free yourself from your own burdens. You want money, you can go out and get it. You know, it's not it's not the meaning of life. Money does not mean you're successful. You've enjoyed the three D world. That world is changing now. There's there's little and less less money going around. We're seeing shops closing down. We've, we're seeing Hallmark stores in this country closing down left, right, and center. We're seeing a huge drastic drop in how people are spending their money. But if you ask anyone, if money did not, if money was not a concern, what would you do? Why does everyone have a different job in mind to what they're doing now? It's, it's yourself blocking yourself. And yes, we do live in a world where, where money is there. But what I personally felt, what I learned from the concept of what I learned from ayahuasca or the mother, is whatever you want. The universe will provide you. Maybe it's not you're not going to get it in the exact way that you ask for, but you will get everything you ask for, as long as you ask from the heart. Mm. You're going to get it. It's 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 interesting. It's it's it's, it's very interesting concept because I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people uh, would potentially struggle with that and trying to understand that sort of concept. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, we we talk about it quite a lot. In regards to sort of manifesting, yeah. um, you know how you can manifest things into your life. You know if it's authentic and it's true, and you, you've got pure intentions. And I've experienced that in my life. Um, you know, real life examples. Um, you know where I've, you know, I've, I've, I've thought about something, and you know it, it, it happens. You know, without any sort of physical interaction or, or, or um, throwing physical energy at it. So it's it's a fa- it's a fascinating concept, and I think um, I think if more people were, were slightly more conscious of how their thoughts work, and I mean, I see the, the concept of signs. Right, you think of someone, all of a sudden, after a few days, that person messages, or that person messages the same day, or you think of a song and you can hear it, or you walk outside and you see numbers two to two or one one one. The universe is giving every single human being. A thousand, a thousand signs a day. That, that for me, I can say concretely that everyone is getting signs every day. What those signs are is how open you are to the unknown. You know, there are many times where you can think of something, and it's just you just see a sign or you see something that's just related to that moment. Nothing is random. You know, I mean, by nature, yes, I think Mother Nature is probably the most intelligent artist on this planet. 
what she what the planet has created when it comes down to species and perhaps with species. It's, it's incredible. Animated stuff is random. No. You know. And it, it, I mean, it's it's it, it's, it's mind blowing, isn't yeah. it? When you start to really look at Mother Nature and how everything works. Everything, it's simple. Everything it's actually works. very simple, and yet. I had to go through such complications just to kind of get a simple, a simple answer to a much more mysterious journey. I feel that we need to appreciate the mysteriousness of existence. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Appreciate every single day you have on this planet. However, human beings need to show more compassion to themselves. You can be nice to your next door neighbor. You can be nice to your girlfriend and boyfriend. But if you do not show an equal love to yourself, it's very important. Mm. And so for, you know, for people who, who, who struggle to understand what that means, I mean, you know, we, we all know what is expected, you know, to sort of show love to one of our, you know, our, you know, our boyfriends, our girlfriends, husbands and wives, you know, friends, family. But how do you know, how does someone learn to to sort of self-love and give people give yourself that sort of healing? And because I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people struggle with that. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, I've spoken to over the years, you know, where they'll have this very negative internal dialogue and it's going on in their head. And this is again, this is something that actually I've 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 never sort of suffered from. But you know, my younger brother will routinely beat himself up in his head and you know question everything. My wife. Will do exactly the same you know where she'll self-doubt and you know there's no external feedback there's no one sort of saying this to her there's no one being nasty but you know in her own mind she's going through yeah, cycle yeah this sort of cycle of you know self-doubt beating herself up saying that you're crap or you're stupid or you're this or you're that and i think i think sadly a lot of people fall into those sort of like um, mental I loops would say probably everyone goes through this at some point of time self-doubt self-loathing self-hate i mean it's we do it to extreme points we damage our own bodies no one's making us like when we the way we consume the way we put things in our bodies right no one's telling us to it's a choice that we're making and it's a very logical choice to a certain point but we have no control mm. when someone needs uh sugar you know, what does sugar actually do it's the most it's the most openly used drug on this planet right now. You know, it really driving society to a certain point. But sugar leads to depression. Sugar can lead to mental disruption. Now, when it comes down to self-love, even though I could not understand self-love before medicine, so anything I'm saying is what I got to learn after doing medicine, the way I've seen self-love is, is I cannot control all the thoughts that occur in my brain. Maybe I'm not supposed to be controlled of all the thoughts, but I can control two things. What I put in my body and the actions I take are based on those thoughts. It's like someone picking up a musical instrument. You're playing a guitar. Some people find it difficult because you will pick it up, maybe play it a few times and you will stop because it sounded so awful. Yeah, you that's, don't, that's me. You don't sound like that. But that's the beauty of, of crapness. There's a beauty in being shit at something. Because eventually, that shit will turn into gold. And you're going to sound amazing. That, that bracket of learning 
and applying and doing things as a species we know so much we know what is bad for us we know what is good for us but yet we don't apply what we know and this is a very big bracket point um so when it comes down to self-love you can doubt yourself but that's your humbleness as well that you can't achieve but you can because if you had a thought that means you can achieve that thought just to overcome it is to apply applying our knowledge is the way forward that is self-love if you have information share it also for people that are afraid of animals i know quite a few people that are afraid of animals that they can't go to dogs or even cats they just I personally never understood that myself. But I say, well, the universe, we have, there's a joke in that. Because you have this thing called a dog that we have all named. And everywhere around the world, people do mostly use the same word, dog. You spell it backwards. You get God. You get this being that loves you more than you can love yourself. Loves you than any other human being can love you. Will be loyal to you to the very end of its life explain that we can't explain this dog but it's there so love for me in one way is silence hence we say we do meditation we just calm the brain a bit you can calm it down but if there are thoughts that are coming up your brain isn't stupid your brain isn't so random it's bringing up thoughts because these are thoughts that one needs to process self-harm uh, suicidal thoughts i was shocked i was so shocked to find out how many people go through such thoughts like i thought it was i had a very very misconception view uh, when i was younger about you know when people would take their own lives and now it comes a point where it's incredible how many people have these thoughts on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Like the fact that you just don't want to be here. You don't want to exist. You don't want to have these thoughts. So it's difficult being a human being. There is no manual, right? And the manuals we have, we're still complaining about which manual is right and which creator of that manual is right and how many creators are there. There is no manual. You know, we have things like dogs and cats and plants. Things that give us love, that keep us going, and yet cannot communicate to us. So in one way, silence is very, very important. I'm not saying that it's easy to, easy to silence the brain, but you know what's super easy? Going up to someone and saying, can I have a hug? Because I can guarantee you, Every single human being loves hugs. I don't think there's another human that doesn't like to be hugged. And if you're out there saying you don't like hugs, don't lie. You all love hugs. Go hug a tree if you can. It feels good. It's good for you. And you should go hug a tree because it gives you free air. No. <laughs> That's true. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just chuckling myself, you know, when you sort of hear in the past about tree huggers. They... It, it's a derogatory term it's yeah. sort of like hippies isn't it yeah, all those yeah, tree yeah. those damn tree huggers yeah um but yeah maybe they're sort of simpler 
life they yeah. you know is, is, is much more happy and more conducive it, it shows but it also goes in the fact of entities that you were discussing before because at the end a dog is a form of an entity so is a tree so is every leaf on that tree at a certain point so in ceremonies or in visionary plant experiences when you start seeing entities it's it's a beautiful skill when you see something that is is giving you the absolute fears but at that moment you've shown that individual you've shown that entity love you've shown it compassion you've you've not judged this entity it feels it comes closer because it's, it's, it's us we've created the, the the these concepts of good bad evil and all these things but imagine what most animals think of human beings you know if a cow sees a human being oh man oh, somebody slaughter me and eat me up is it you know it's not going to wear me as a handbag is it it's not going to kill half my jet half my family and make it into burgers is it i'm not ripping on meat eaters i used to be meat eating myself i'm just saying there's we need to really think logically we need to put ourselves in positions of other animals you are not going to like that so why would anything else like it i mean it's a, yeah i mean it's it's a, it's a it's a very very valid point and um it's it's something that i th- I, th- I think about a lot i mean i'm not i'm not vegetarian i'm not vegan to be honest i try and avoid labels um some days i am vegan Yesterday I was vegan. I call myself I'm a selectitarian. Selectitarian, yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Or maybe a fl- flexitarian for me. Flexitarian, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just whatever that day has to provide to you, be that. But it is. It, it's, it brings up a very good point about you know how we how how we do treat animals, and um, I, I kind of I kind of half expected to come back from my ayahuasca retreat and suddenly be find myself being vegan yeah i have found that i I've, I've i've cut out a lot of food types that i i had historically enjoyed and not not out of any sort of real conscious choice it was just something which just seemed to to happen it was it, you know it was, it was it was an odd one um but yeah no it's 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 it's, it's fascinating and i think um i think clearly we've got we've got an awful lot to learn still and uh you know, I think I think as human beings, though, I think to be fair to us, I think we are still very low on our our trajectory of where we're, where oh, where, yeah. where, we're where still we're going. learning so much. Yeah. I mean, we're fine. We we've made smartphones and TVs and everything, but we just we've just man, we've just we just use the element of fire a lot very well. But we're still learning. We have so much to learn as a species. Like, and what I would use what what is waiting for us in the more galactic or the cosmic community that is waiting for us you know that for me is going to be an exciting time and i'm and i do feel that in our lifetime there would be some unification as a species you know it's it's coming there it's coming there so you really do believe that you know because i i i say this a lot i think i mentioned it last week was that i'm a firm believer that until all of us as society learn to work together and to strip away these labels of you know oh well they're, they're they believe in this religion or they're this sexuality or they're this color 
and it's all things which I, I would argue, been used to to separate us, to, to, to pull us apart. All, the, all these labels, you know, yeah. well, you know, they're this, they're that, and I think it's I think it's tragic, and I think I, I mean I hope you're right, and I and I and I believe you are actually that there will there will be something which will pull us together because we we need it because we're not we're not going to advance. We have proof of this right now. You can be in America, you can be in Serbia, you can be in India, you can be in Africa, you can be in any country. But if you like cannabis, you know, there's a society for you, right? Right now, cannabis activism, uh, cannabis love is everywhere around the world, you know, and there's that sense of, for me, plant politics, you know, Mother Earth is playing, has become a, a politician in her own ways, but teaching in different different manners cannabis is coming in right now once the doors start opening there are many plants out there and i feel that's going to speed track because on the logical level we have done way too much damage on this planet reversing it will take everyone's effort not just one person recycling it means every single person being very purposeful and that for me is with plants anyways is that i feel they are able to help you create your own purpose because right now people want a purpose well it, it, it seems to be that classic sort of question isn't it you know what is what is the meaning of life you know it seems to be a question universally asked by pretty much everybody yeah. even if they don't necessarily explore it yeah. you know I, I'd, I'd argue most of us have thought actually you know what what is the what is the purpose here Exactly. What's, what, what's the point? What, okay, so that, I mean, that, that takes us on to an interesting line then. So what do you think is the purpose? Uh-huh. Well, there are so many reasons I can give. But on the, on the most objective view, the purpose for this human experience within the current algorithm and the current software designed for this current time, it's, uh, it's data. For me, it's, it's information because, and I say this as, as let's just say, um, a human being will have 10,000 thoughts in a day. Some of them are unique. Some of them are repeating patterns. But let's look at the unique patterns that we have there. You have theories, philosophies, concepts being ideated every single moment on this planet. Mostly, most of these ideas, if implemented, would instantly put us on a better economical path. We are still, from, for me, I say my meaning of purpose existence i would i wouldn't even give an opinion on existence because there's so many reasons i can give why we exist and why we have to be on this planet and why this work is here what i would say concretely though is uh, a funny way i tell most people is that well sometimes when i meet someone i always say ah i must have met you on the mothership before we came to earth a lot of people here who is actually human? A lot of people are from different, different places amongst the vast galaxy that we have. Earth needs a bit of help. So a lot of people have come on this planet 
you know, you know, you've come here for a reason. You know that you sometimes feel alien. We discuss each other as if we are not the same species. You know, we are still very individual. So as an individual spirit, we're all encased in a human armor embodiment. We have the same vehicle, the same logical restrictions. So the way I would even say now is, is see it as a spiritual gym. You go to the gym to work out your body, right? You go to school to work out your brain. You're on planet Earth to do both and to add them to mix it together to be of purpose. And the crazy thing is, you have a human being's design. The design of a human being literally being a walking, talking plant per se. The design of it then needs to be a greater purpose. When people believe things are random, like, ah, I mean, someone really put a lot of thought in in designing a human being. Like, a lot of thought yeah, in. Yeah, because, I mean, we're, we're, we're you know, hugely complex. We're, we're, like, we're, we're paradoxical. You know, we can give any reason, and we can be happy with our own reason. And that is, for me, one of the points of self-discovery. When you work with plants or psychedelics, I feel you are enhancing your own experience on this planet. There is nothing bad or unethical about consumption of plants that take your experience to other heights. You can go forward, you can say backwards, up or down, but it's enhancing your experience. Think of water. We can't do anything without this element. I mean, not element will this uh water you know i mean i don't know what, what i would call it but it's it's the one thing that we need to survive it's the one thing that everything on this planet needs to survive so i feel we're in a game in one way and most people have discussed this theory about being in a simulation or being well, in a game yeah this is this is what i was just about to say and I, I quite often find myself sort of referencing it as as a game yeah and i think people should see it as a game you've logged in you're going to log out one day so don't be too fearful of this experience. Everyone's going to leave, so it's fine. So when we when we when we, when we say that, because um, I know that's a, when we talk about logging off, yeah. logging out, and you know that is obviously you know death. And I know that death is something that terrifies a lot of people. My wife is terrified of death. My father is 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 scared of of death. Mm. Um, one thing I don't think I've ever being scared of death in the in the fact of just dying mm. i've always been concerned about how i would go i wouldn't yeah. want to drown that that, that yeah. the idea of drowning terrifies me um but when i was when i was on one of my i think it was my third third night doing ayahuasca um i had a more of an open-eyed experience i remember i had to go off to the bathroom to purge and i remember looking at myself in the mirror and I stood there just in a pair of shorts and I just watched my body decay, break down, turn to dust, fall apart and then really come again. And it just, it was this loop over and over again. And I was just watching all my skin just fall apart, my hair, my beard go grey, turn into an old man and then all just crumbles to dust and then it starts all over again. And this, this experience went on 
for well over an hour and you know hundreds and hundreds of times and it doesn't when I was walking down the corridor I could see it all happening in the reflective glass panels in the villa we're in and it was actually a fairly beautiful experience and that same night actually I saw everyone I love die and over and over again this 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 loss of everybody that I love was just being taken away from me um and it was a really it was a really emotional experience but but beautiful at the same time and it sort of showed me i came back with a with a new sort of refreshed idea of death i wanted to ask you because a lot of people believe that you know we are we are born we're an organic living organism and then when our heart stops we we die and 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 that's it that's game over but ultimately what we're sort of suggesting here is that you know there is no such thing as death in that sort of sense is that you know your spirit your soul your energy is continuous it and you are just going to maybe pop back upstairs to another dimension have a quick sort of reboot and before you're sort of fired back down to planet earth or anywhere else that you have to go or you want to go it's a choice i feel i feel everything is a choice um when it comes down to death um i think looking our generations forward you know human beings current perception of death will be the biggest joke that we will look back on that actually has stopped us from really going forward because our conceptuality of death is extremely, extremely. Um, I mean, it's just really, really. It's, I mean, I, I don't. Know, I can't, I'm trying to figure out a word, the right word to use, but it's. We have completely mis, mis, misguided ideas about our existence and even the exit of our existence. We have such a. Um, very hard rule you know the i mean it's emotional if you love someone and someone leaves you are allowed to cry and mourn that is a natural human process but we need to understand that and this is no way offending anyone's religious purpose or view but the journey keeps on going you know, and being on this planet, we have a very little amount of time compared to, well, compared to uh, many other species here. We we're here for too long, and we had like a burst, like like a spark in one way. It's as if we're like neurons. We clash into each other. We share information. We share data. But at the end, when we leave, and we when we all leave. That data that you take back with you is the core, core thing that you have. It's not about your name on like, you know, we're still we're still on this in the ego world where, you know, I want to be seen, I want to be remembered, people have to see me, love me, appreciate me. I will appreciate yourself. Love yourself. And if you can't do that, maybe some plants can help you out. A human being's not gonna give it to you. You get a thousand likes a day. Okay, it's great. But is that where, you know, we're still confusing ourselves and we're almost like chasing significance and that idea. We're chasing validity. Yeah. Like I'm I like someone please validate my existence. And why why do you I mean we, 
I've experienced that, you know, running sort of social media accounts and, you know, constantly checking it, constantly looking for likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's certainly quite an addictive, oh, it's... it's quite an addictive uh, experience. And um, I think it's something which is going to cause a lot of damage, especially for the younger generations. Um, sure. I mean, I, was, I was read a report recently where... Um, you know, people who do who take selfies now, these younger younger children who take selfies, they'll potentially take up to a hundred photos, different poses, and then they'll choose one of those hundred photos, which they'll then spend another hour or so editing it and brushing it up to make it look how they want to do it. Yeah. They'll put it online and if they don't get a certain amount of likes in a certain time period which they've set, they will then delete that photo because it hasn't got the required amount of likes. Right, exactly. And I and I think it's uh I think it's a concerning. I think it's extremely concerning. It's like uh, maybe a bit harsh what I say next because I have, I have a particular thing when it comes to selfies. Um, you know, we can't keep. It's not okay to keep rewarding mental illness. You know, that's a good point. We can't keep. I mean, films. I worked in the film industry. I have to say, a lot of people within you know who want to make movies. Artists, let's just say, they want to be seen, they want to be heard, they want to be respected. They will do anything, not be themselves, tell stories that are not real, just to be seen and heard. And we say, oh, here's an award for making something that was not real. Great, thank you for entertaining me here. That is, you know, I mean, that, I mean, we, we can talk about meaning of life, but we really need to, like, look at our behavior as a species it is it's it's only it's only detrimental to oneself because you got that again it's like money you know likes have become the new money in that sense yeah, i've got point. a thousand followers i'm an influencer i know so many of my uh work comrades that are now uh you know uh, life coaches or influential speakers that's great but human beings innately do that anyways we're just not given a platform or we're not either putting ourselves on that platform so now you have the person that's done it and doing it and another human being think oh man i had the same idea like five years back i should have done it now if you have these things this is your experience to just do if you've got an idea Keep it in your brain. Keep it in that seed. Don't talk about it. Keep it inside. Apply. Do stuff. You're on a planet of doing stuff. If we can take sand and make it into glass, if we can get minerals and make a mobile phone out of it, imagine what you can do now with all this around you. I feel you just like yourself in the morning. Give yourself at least one like in the mirror. You know what? You've got two thumbs. Give yourself two likes in the mirror. You know, goddamn. You know, just, you know, put concentration on your purpose. You're here. You will be remembered. If you gave someone a hug on a day they needed a hug, that is going to be remembered more than a short film you've made or a painting you've made. That hug is far more important. You go outside and you see some animals that need food. You give that, for me, is far more important than getting a like 
football game. So you have to, you, you need to start putting importance on what is actually valuable in your life and you're an intelligent species. Human beings are intelligent, too intelligent. Don't overanalyze yourself. You know, don't, don't, and don't overanalyze what you are because you are made by absolute perfection with a hint of imperfection, you know. And that little hint of imperfection is actually what makes you a grounded human being. If you don't want to be grounded, well, you know, I don't want like to give anyone's name out, but I think if you start looking at TV and the news, you're going to see individuals who don't understand what grounded is. If you don't agree on someone, you know. You know there's a problem there. And it's great. I mean, with what was happening with... Uh, I mean, for example, Donald Trump, whatever opinions I have of him, he's still a human being. Hope he gets a lot of love in his life. However, the fact is, this individual collectively has actually brought the world together because everyone is hating on this one guy. England, Iran, let's just say India, you could say Japan. Every country is making parodies of Donald Trump. So everyone is hating collectively now if we can get a loving collectively then boom we saw it but we're getting there we're getting there but you see the universe has to do these things no one could ever have thought someone like Donald Trump would become the president of the United States apart from the Simpsons and the universe really has a sense of humour over there you know? yeah because a lot of people have sort of suggested that the symptoms have predicted quite a lot of things quite a lot of things <laughs> And then any the universe, uh, that's 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 actually quite good, right? Let's put that into action. But I think if, I think if 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 today, if you can try for yourself to practice manifesting what you require. Don't look at money as a requirement. Universally, it's not. In social rules, and it is. So take away the social. This is about you as an individual. If people give that time when they say, what do you really want? What would you really want for yourself? Okay, let's go a bit more further. You want things even faster? Manifest something for yourself that can also benefit humanity. And see how fast the universe will put it in your lap. I think people just need to be more experimental with, you know, with them themselves, mm. both with plants and your own thought process. You can change it. So let's let's, let's maybe go into a little bit more detail with that. Um, so a lot of people that I speak to, you know, who do have, you know, depression, anxiety, other other sort of mental health issues, which holds them back. What are good ways? Because I mean, I know we've we've discussed microdosing quite a lot together, yeah. And um, I'm a massive proponent of it. I think it's a I think it's a really fascinating fascinating topic. Because um, what I found with me when I first got into microdosing, I tried I was doing it just with LSD. I was taking a tiny tiny dose, like seven milligrams, and what I found was that it allowed my brain just to be uh, much quieter. There wasn't so much noise. There wasn't so much distraction. It allowed me to focus. Um, It gave me extra energy and attention, which I thought was, 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 was fantastic. 
Um, and I've since then sort of experimented quite a lot with, with, with mushrooms and psilocybin. Is microdosing uh, uh, realistically a, a viable option or is it more that people should have a, a, a larger experience and have a proper reset? Or I, I say, you know, each one is, each human being is different and each one has a different genetic story and genetic baggage that comes in. Um, so I would say most definitely microdosing is something that we can apply in our day-to-day lives. Um, however, at the same time, not everything works in microdosing. Like I know people have been trying to microdose ayahuasca. You know, the, 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 this kind of plant that with cannabis, for example, you start growing it indoors in two months, you have a plant ready. So it's very easily grown by yourself. With ayahuasca, the vine takes to be usable has to be over in it 40 years, 80 years, and then you've got vines that are 800 years, 1,200 years old vines. That takes a long time for it to grow. So something like that needs to be done in those three or four nights that you need, and then you're done. You know, So each one has its own way of working. If someone is suffering from uh, depression, and if I had to recommend a plant to them, I would personally recommend Wachuma, or San Pedro, or peyote. This is uh, my own research. I'll say it's like the heart medicine for the heart chakra. It opens a person's person's heart out. That is the first step. I would say uh, people have been using alcohol, which has been working in the lower chakras for a long time. So when you do business, when you do work, imagine if you took away bars, right? And you've got people that go to work and office. Imagine how long they're going to keep up their act for. They need to let their egos go loose. That's why they need the alcohol. If you are suffering from depression, what tumor is very important. Cannabis is very important if you allow yourself to create within those moments. For me, cannabis is a lover plant. It helps you create. It helps you express. So allowing... Um, cannabis to you know give that individual an artistic you know plateau so if someone is depressed take the medicine have some paintbrushes around have a sketch pad have a notepad you know express yourself at these moments is very important um, but microdosing I, i've not i've i've heard people microdosing um dehydrated forms of mescaline of different different varieties um, but again, personally speaking, I've, I always felt there needs to be a, a very organic ceremonial placement respect. Because let's just say uh, San Pedro or Wachuma, you would normally need two plants, two cactuses each. Each one growing to 7 to 13 years. So theoretically, these two cactuses have grown 7 years for you to consume them. It's something very, we, we need to give that respect to those plants as well. Hence, it's important to have, make, create your own ceremony. You know, it's not about following a certain lineage per se. Respect those lineages, understand them, but make a ceremonial aspect out of uh, what you do. A lot of people, for example, should, when you do 
um, sharing circles. People do a lot of sharing when they when they have cannabis. There's a lot of sharing with the community that happens that I've seen when people have cannabis in the system. People don't. There's only a few egos speaking and some egos are silent. Give every single individual that chance to express and to say. Um, but definitely the, the most the greatest things that human beings have gone through is the creation of LSD. Really? Yeah, I would say it's like it's something that as humans we have discovered. Yeah. And we should really respect ourselves. You know what? One of us came up with that. Nature's done everything else, but we we got to this this, this point. And it's a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal medicine. Um, and when you say, because I mean, I think a, a, a lot of people would think LSD is more of a sort of like a party sort of substance, maybe. Um, you know, like the sort of the acid years in the US and, yeah, you know, yeah. the 60s and 70s. Um, and I, I, I still know a lot of people who only ever, you know, they they purely think of LSD as, as, as just a recreational drug where I'm just going to throw myself into this alternative sort of space and yeah. everything's just going to go a little bit crazy. But you're actually sort of saying that it, you know, it's a, you would call it a, a, a medicine. Oh, you, oh yeah, definitely. I'll use the word medicine because I realized that a medicine is there to help. And if a medicine can teach, it's still a medicine. Yeah, LSD can certainly still teach. It will teach you. I think if anything can teach you, it's it's medicinal. Yeah, a book in one manner is also medicinal, even though it's still a chopped up tree. Yeah, it's still a plant. Um, But when it when it when you when you when we start looking at the psychedelics that we have on this planet, we've not even we've not even touched theoretical or philosophical points of why we have these or why would anyone put these here for example ayahuasca is a vine and it works with your your pineal gland your third eye cannabis is a weed i mean it works with your other chakra you uh, your throat chakra um wachuma is a cactus that works with your heart chakra so imagine like a, a cactus is like this plant that grows in a place with no water hence no love but somehow, it teaches you a lot about love, even probably more than ayahuasca. Then you start having alcohol, the other plant medicine, teaches you confidence. But I feel with alcohol, if people started party with it, we, I, mean, I don't think anything anything wrong with partying. Party out. That's what human beings love doing. If you've got a free time, we'll rather be out celebrating something for some reason. But with alcohol, there's a fine line there because that is a very pure, very um, alcohol is ether, a very pure element. So a very pure element needs to have a certain amount of control. But now the alcohol, when you have confidence, what is control? How do I control myself? Now that comes to the greatest medicine of all, willpower. And that will is coming from air. You're breathing in air. You're consistently breathing it in. That's, that's medicine. If you breathe in air in particular manners, you can unlock your pineal gland. If you breathe in air in certain manners, you can actually expand your lung capacity. We just don't know how to use our lungs properly still. I mean, we, we still don't know how to use our organs. We're still learning new things. 
But oh, we can do this. Oh, we can do that. And for for me right now, I'm researching a lot more on frogs. You know, frogs are great. Everyone loves toads and frogs. But there are like 18 medicinal toads out there. And they, they go beyond veganism because, for example, Cambo. Cambo will, it acts like a venom, it acts like a poison, but this poison somehow tells all your glands to start producing an increased amount of white blood cells and T cells. And it then makes your organs leaky, which then allows any dirt to be removed. And then you're going to purge all this out. Now, why would a toad make this? What's up with that? You know, there's another, you've got the bull, so the, the bullfrog in Mexico. It contains a form of DMT that has a five molecular structure on its back that you just have to squeeze out. And we're still, we're st- I still have my deliberations of how we're using it. But there is a path of being placed out for us where we no longer have to destroy a plant. This living entity, I would call it, is giving you, you're your given a medicine for your immune system and for your pineal gland. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the cambo, I, I found just fascinating what it, what, it, what it does to your body and what, what left my body as well, you know, during, during it. I was... I was completely blown away because uh, it was a, it was a brutal brutal experience you know it made me feel so sick and and the stuff I was vomiting up the, the different colors this different textures stuff that I'd never ever seen come out of my body yeah, yeah, yeah. was and you know afterwards we were all able to look in each other's buckets and you know all poke it with a sticker just to see what what all this poison and toxin was exactly. which had left your body I mean and afterwards I felt I mean an absolute million dollars I mean I felt amazing you know even my wife said she said you look physically different yeah i mean i would definitely say cambo is something that if proper research was allowed we would definitely see one of the biggest uh instruments given by nature on a near infinite level if we technically see that we're not chopping down anything and they waiting for it to grow these toes produce cambo within a span of six seven hours once extracted i'm not saying we should make frog farms as human beings are used to doing but on the the fact that nature by nature we have now this toad that is able to help many people within a span of half an hour with half an hour you are going to clean out your organs and and doing a a juice detox for a year it's quite phenomenal yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really powerful statement, isn't it? it, it there's, there's, a, there's something there that's beyond us, you know, but you are the center of your own universe. This is your human experience. In your life, I'm an NPC. I'm a non-playable character, but we can interact and have a dialogue. Learn from NPCs. Speak to people. You'll be surprised how much how much we have in common you know that's i'm seeing i'm seeing more now people are discussing depression more openly where it is taboo for most places because most places you have to act as if my life is awesome everything is great i got a fast car i got a nice apartment i'm making millions a year i've seen 
way, way, way too many charades that occur within this 3D world. And it's a shame because I'm like, well, I mean, you can take off your mask, brother. You don't have to wear your mask over here. And I feel when it comes to plant medicines, it's allowing people to remove their mask and be okay with taking the mask off. It's good to take the mask off. I think society-wise, we will just improve so much. But, I mean, we're still not going to really evolve, evolve until we realize that money does not need to be in existence anymore. That is keeping control. Because if tomorrow you shut down all the banks and there's no money, human beings can act quite irrational at times of fear. Yeah. You know, so I definitely feel like this, the, 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 the brilliance of design, I'm using that word brilliance of design because something that is innate to us, like money, if cut off at the right moment in our evolutionary state, will allow us to progress beautifully. But if we'd never even created money, what kind of world would we live in right now? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a very interesting question. I mean, do you, do you think we're going to reach that point? You know, because a lot of people sort of say money is the root of all evil. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot more kickback from capitalism nowadays. A lot more people seem to, seem to, seem to take big issue with big corporations yeah. and big 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 business, big money and all that. And it's, it's interesting because sometimes you sort of almost struggle to see a world where that isn't in place because, I mean, you know, like living in a place like London where, you know, it's incredibly expensive just to live here. You need to be working very hard. You yeah. do need to be making money. You know, everything costs, um, you know, and, and actually costs an awful lot of money. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people struggle and, you know, we constantly see these big corporations, mm. you know, who take the piss. They, 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 they give, they seem just to take, take, take and give very little back. And our governments almost seem to encourage that. You know, we've got huge corporations in the UK who, who make billions and billions of pounds and, and, and actually sort of get away with not paying any tax yeah, at all, exactly. not giving anything back. And that, that concerns me that we're still living in a world where we are allowing these sort of organizations yeah, to, to totally run amok it's, and it's get gonna, away It's going to fall on its face eventually, unfortunately. You know, by design, look, let's look at AI, right? Everything is being controlled by so a, an individual company. And let's look at the big companies. Let's look at social media. Let's look at Facebook. Let's look at Instagram. Let's look at Amazon now, shopping. What are they really doing? They're just giving you a platform. On that platform, you're giving them everything. You're either going to buy a product that they've not made. Someone else has made that product. They're just given a platform. The trade is occurring. It's going to come to a point where we won't even need governments. Have an AI system running. You know, Have an AI government. Anyway, if you're making bad decisions, an AI system can make... I mean, heck... I mean, I'm surprised no one's in made aware. Okay, you have a phone, have a phone app. Each government is an online system. You vote yes to the law, no to the law. There's no left wing, there's no right wing. I mean, that's, that's the funny thing about politics right now is I never understood the left wing and right wing. I'm like, okay, I get your views, but I mean, theoretically, don't you need to have like a, a body? Don't you need a center wing where... And who's, I mean, 
human beings or the citizens are the, the center wing in which you need to have two wings to fly, right? You can't just fly with your left wing all the time. We're going to go on another different side. Mm. It's coming to a point where all around the world, people are demanding more from their governments. People should demand more from their governments. And I think people in government need to be paid less than what they're being paid right now. If your country has an average wage of £20,000, you should not be getting paid more than that. You should only be getting paid more if you're increasing everyone else's money. It's, I know that sounds like a communist way of looking at things, but it's, it's something that we have to look at that you have to add in, be both democratic, be both conservative, be a bit liberal, be a bit, have a hint of communism in there, have a bit of socialism in there. Put it all up together because we need a selection of laws and regulations. And this is like, you know, still having a singular human leading party, it's gonna, it's gonna all. Uh, that's why I, I don't those things. I don't worry about too much because you can see it's it's no longer working. People mm. are angry. People are very angry now. Like, get angry. Get angry at people that you're paying. You're paying money to these people to run your country. They're not doing a good job. Stop paying them. What's going to happen? But this is this is this sort of. Uh... It's I guess it's uh, it's it's too hyper hypothetical uh, of of something that can be like logically achieved. But as individuals, we need to start thinking openly. We are you know, I think that would be great to have more people expressing, have more podcasts, have have listen. Because I feel when you have a, like, we are innately judgmental. You know, you watch a video online, you have an opinion about someone without even knowing that person. We are getting to a point where understanding that we're all individual, we all are artists, we are unique in our own way. But that collective bringing in, I feel that's happening. You know, and I'm and, and I'm saying that's happening in conjunction with plants. We're not doing it because we think it's right. If we've always thought it's right. The situation has been like this for many years, even before we were even born. The same conversations were taking place. But now there's another picture in. There are plants that have come in. And I definitely feel that plants, collaboration of plants and humans, will most definitely be a, a much more brighter future. No, I, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I think, you know, all, all the people I know, you know, who've... Uh who've experimented and experienced, you know, these sort of powerful plant medicines, you know, they, they have fundamentally changed. I mean, yeah. I've got a, I've got a friend of mine who was, um, you know, city trader making a lot of money every single year. Um, you know, he'd gone through life ticking all those boxes, you know, nice wife, nice car, nice house, great job, all the respect, Yeah. you know, and he got to sort of 40 years old and he was just like, having I've ticked all these boxes uh, and once I ticked all these boxes I thought I was going to have everything that I wanted I was going to be enlightened I was going to have happiness and all this sort of jazz and he said to me he was completely empty and hmm. um, you know he gave it he gave it all up and you know gave up his marriage gave up his job you know and now just lives a very very humble little life you know fixing boats yeah you know I had another friend of mine you know who's who's older who's in his 50s um, you know again very very successful living a sort of hard and fast 
you know, life. And then he sort of said to me, you know, he woke up, stood in front of the mirror, looked at himself, and he was just like, I'm fat, I'm miserable, and I'm dying. And he took himself off to the jungle for, you know, for a number of months. Yeah. And, you know, he's come back a completely changed, completely changed man, you know, lost a huge amount of weight, shifted all that negative emotion from his past and his childhood, and now just wants to create and to give back to society and, you know, has walked away from his old sort of yeah. celebrity sort of driven sort of world that he'd, he'd sort of created for himself. Yeah, yeah. So we are seeing this, 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 this vast shift, shift yeah. you know, people who are sort of almost sort of waking up, you know, to, you know, to the world that we find ourselves in yeah. and are actively trying to sort of to change because they, they know. And, you know, whenever I talk about, plant medicines and psychedelics you know it, it it actually invokes a huge amount of interest yeah and you know an interest that you maybe wouldn't have seen you know 10 years ago yeah five years ago maybe um and i i, I find it i find it fascinating and I, I really do hope more and more people will sort of start using them and and free themselves from the sort of the mental chains and blocks that society have put on us and ourselves have, yeah absolutely you know, we put on ourselves yeah um what i wanted to talk to you about uh, we, you mentioned it earlier um this is a very sort of powerful sort of psychedelic was ibogaine yes iboga um i've never actually experienced i've never actually experienced it but apparently it's got fantastic properties for addiction and i am i right in thinking that i think there's even a prison down in mexico that has started using iboga for their inmates you know the ones who are heavily addicted to opiates and, no, i've you know, heard stuff. i've heard i heard some similar stories about um um ibogaine and with ayahuasca in certain prisons in south america and yes uh i mean i've had a very brief encounter with ibogaine i have not gone through a proper ceremonial process which i would love to do uh, but what I would definitely say from my experience that I need to complete as well. That, that's also important. That once you do these things, it's very important to complete your journey. Um, for me, my personal journey when I took the medicine, it was a, it was a dry powder. Um, do you know when you purge, mm. there's that contraction you get in your stomach where everything is pushed upwards. Yeah. And it was as if when I was purging, nothing came out. But as soon as my stomach expanded inside, I went inside. So when I was inside, I met three distinctive personalities. One personality, maybe I can even say was a relative, a genetic relative, because at the end, our DNAs do store information about our genetic lineage. And I was sitting around this fire, very dark, like extremely dark room, extremely cold, sitting around this fire. And I can visually see these individuals, but there was no form. There was a presence, but there was no form. And within about 20 to 30 minutes, I started purging. As soon as I purged, I came out from that space. And after the purge was done, I heard these voices in my stomach saying, I'm glad that you met us, but there's more work that we have to finish up. And that's when I realized, okay, that 
there is always work within a human being. There's never going to be a time where you're going to be perfect because we are always going to try to reach the height of perfection. Iboga is considered to be a father, father spirit. So ayahuasca holds the mother spirit. Cannabis can hold a lover spirit. It can be both masculine and feminine. Uh, uh, San Pedro, Peyote, uh, Wachuma drifts between being a great aunt or a a great grandmother. Uh, Tobacco is seen as a great grandfather. So Iboga is seen as the father. And it's amazing how with Aya being the mother, she opens up the, the mind. Whereas the father works very deep at the other end. So you have that mind and then you have the ego, the, the yin-yang, if anything. And it's, it's I, I definitely say Iboga is something that I want to research in deeply, particularly for masculine development. That's one thing that we have to realize that we can't just stick with alcohol. You know, you can't just be on that same. If you're working with plants, then you know, these plants are there for you. I think it's a, it's a thing. It's a, it should be available. Like these plants shouldn't even be, it should be available after a certain age. It should be available to you. You know, it's like money. It should be, it's, it's, I mean, it's funny, right? Where if someone wants to study to become a neurosurgeon or a doctor, they have to pay X amount and probably have a debt of 85 to 100,000 pounds maybe, and they've got to pay that off. I mean, it doesn't make more sense to pay people to study. You're making the money up anyway. Your money is paper based on the fact that you have a certain amount of gold. And you're not even using gold properly. I mean, for God's sake, gold was based in the ground. If, you, if people really knew what gold can do to the earth, and there's many things that many species out there are laughing at us, thinking, oh my, like they're face palming the human species out. They're, they're cutting the tree down to make what? They're, they're digging the gold out to do what? They're, it, yeah, guys, maybe they're not ready yet to, uh, to leave the planet, you know. Yeah, so you, you, you think we've probably got entities. You know? Yeah, I, I, I would say with most human beings, with, no, with all human beings. We have spiritual investors. Well, this is something I wanted to bring up because we, ha- we, we, we touched on this on our conversation we had a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's something yeah. that I hadn't actually, I hadn't, I hadn't really sort of thought about and I've spoken about it to quite a few people since because when I, when I use uh, ayahuasca or, or DMT, um, there's this, there's this reoccurring theme where I, I, I meet these three characters and I was, I was talking about it to you the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And um, I recently had a, a, another encounter with them because I hadn't, hadn't sort of seen them for a while. And, I, and it, it was almost like my relationship had changed with them since I was sort of thinking, I was sort of looking at them going, oh, you know, gosh, are you, are you like my guardian angels? Because they're constantly, they're constantly there they're constantly trying to show me things. Yeah. Like I sort of said, they're always trying to show me information. And it looks like almost like branding logos and, and, and ideas and stuff. And it's it's actually quite difficult to take in because they, 
you almost have to sort of say to them, slow down, slow down. You're, you're showing me stuff so fast, I can't even, I can't even take it in. Um, and I just thought it was a really interesting concept to sort of think that actually, you know, we all have, yeah, spiritual investors or yeah. guardians. Who I mean, we we do, and coming on coming on Earth is also a great lot of it. You've come here, and you were chosen to come here, and you all have. Pat yourself on the back. Because you are, you you must have been, you know, the big dog in whatever planet you're from, or whatever galaxy you're from, or the system you're from. You were big in your place to come over here. Mm. And the spiritual investors, they come from all different forms and sizes. Uh, some can maybe be, you know, how you say, uh, be scary. You know, some people have said that all oh, these voices keep telling me to, uh, you know, do harm to myself. I'm like, okay, choose not to listen. Take your power back. See, you you have to take some control because this spirit has come to you for something. And it's with the concept of good and evil. You're going to have angelic investors. Let's just, I'm using conceptual, conceptual ideas. You have angelic investors. And you have other investors that may not be of the same realms of light and love. It may be on another realm. Now, what can they really get from you? That's the key. What can they gain from me? When someone smokes tobacco, why do we use smoke, meaning tobacco smoke, um, in a ceremonial place? Because as the great-grandfather, as a human, I can harness the power of fire, burn this, use my pranic energy within my lungs, and through my life energy, I am blowing out smoke. That smoke, spirits around, can absorb and take in. So you're keeping them dormant. You're keeping them quiet. You're keeping them occupied. You're keeping them calm. Why do we burn Palo Santo? Why do we burn sage? You know, these things have tremendous power. Like smudging your house with tobacco is very important. Don't smudge your lungs too much smudge your house you know but when we talk about smudging our house with tobacco it's not about sitting there and consuming a packet of 20 more exactly it? exactly no it's not i mean in, no one in the jungle even takes in the tobacco in their lungs it's in the mouth and again you're your palate you have the entry point on top of your mouth if you put your yeah, I'm, I'm feeling now a little little gap there yeah you can actually pressurize tobacco and push it up because tobacco actually needs to work with your palate here um, if you if someone has done a ceremony or worked with any plant medicine, you will know the the rape that is given. Now that's a mix of tobacco and a few other spices. Why would I blow it in your nose if it has no reference? When you blow it, it has your palate on top has incredible sensors. So when you're to, when it's blown to your nose, it starts. It's like putting. It's like ringing the doorbell on your pineal gland. Hello, is anyone home? It helps give you a lot of clarity at that point. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, ex I experienced that, like I all said earlier on in the conversation, that, you know, I had, I had this stuff and it was, you know, it was quite a long pipe, probably like 30 centimeters yeah, yeah, long. Yeah. You know, the powder's stuffed down one end, and you, you, you put it up, you rest it underneath your nose, and then it's just, it's fired up there. And it, yeah. like I sort of said, it was like having a, a, a this hot, this hot bullet almost goes straight for your head. You, you felt it go straight for your head. And then you, you felt, almost like every single cell in your body just start charging up yeah it's almost a little 
it was almost slightly similar to the cambo warm-up yeah it is you know that, that energy where you can feel you can feel the the, the sort of toxin sort of almost scanning your body yeah just going up it's actually preparing it. yourself so it's like you're using the tobacco to prepare your journey because when you come in you have a lot of fear so when you do cambo when you do uh, the rape it actually reduces that fear and then you know and now you're ready because you've been fearful all this time till this point and grandfather tobacco this is in one way a silent teacher you know it's harsh if you don't consistently learn properly but it lets you get to your point mm. it really prepares you to get to this point and, you know it's if <laughs> if people say that you know people have really traumatic relationships with their families right people have traumatic relationships with their mothers and their fathers and we're living in a world where people just have mommy and daddy issues it's okay there's another mother there's another father you have uncles and aunts you have cousins and relatives all within the plant kingdom waiting for you to meet them mm. you know it's it is a family tree literally and these things are available to people but you know as human beings are anything that can uh, is not profitable is something that is never uh, on the market available so so with that you know do you think that's why we don't see it so mainstream now because there isn't profit behind it or is it it's, is it is there is there more sort of a hidden agenda behind preventing us from because i mean all these substances we're talking about yeah you know they're all highly illegal in pretty much every single country apart from yeah you know i mean i think ayahuasca is legal in peru isn't it yeah i mean they, again there it's they, they don't there's no legal status for ayahuasca it's 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 a cultural it's based on the culture it's based on the heritage um that also brings a lot of issues for medicinal centers because you you you're not your center is not seen as a as in as a form of business you know so there's a lot of indigenous land has been taken away from um a lot of tribes because these lands contain a lot of ayahuasca you know with anything there's always there's the, there's a flip side to all, with cannabis we can see the flip side of the cannabis movements in most countries you know human egos have really messed up a lot of the movements going forward but really at the end is that love for the plant that will always you know be uh, the prominent uh, winner in all these situations like for me with ayahuasca there's a huge problem with cultivation of ayahuasca people are chopping down vines without properly knowing how to chop down the vine and if you know it so ayahuasca is a, is a vine mm. so think of it like a power cable and each tower is a tree so the vine will go up a tree then it'll go down go on the ground and find another tree and we'll climb up that so what you normally would do is that you can either take off one branch plug it in the ground and chop the other one around the tree so there's always two vines connecting in what people i've seen doing and i think i'll use the word gringos is that people are going and chopping the the vine from neck level in the tree so they're only harvesting what's on in the ground which you're not supposed to harvest you're supposed to harvest what's on the tree and when you've chopped the vine off that vine decomposes really quickly and the vine is very powerful 
I've seen trees collapse and fall because of the decaying nature of the ayahuasca's weight is too much or just that energy is just taken down from that tree. So these are certain things that, okay, you like something? Let's educate yourself. You know, the indigenous have been keeping this alive for so long. There are certain things they don't know that you do. There's certain advantages of being in what we call the modern world, the connected world. Use your ability and help that world. So we have a project in India, um, which is Soma, where, where we are getting different, different indigenous uh, medicines that take years to cultivate and allowing them to have safe havens in different locations in India to allow them to, to grow and to flourish in case there's a time where there's, there's no uh, medicines left. I mean, do you, I mean is, that, is, is that a potential risk, do you think? Yes, yes and no. Um, I would say like with um, cultivating different plants and seeds, you're most definitely going to be affecting the ecosystem there. But if we don't start to understand that first, we were never going to know. As far as I know, there is ayahuasca, there's different forms of ayahuasca growing in India right now that have not been discovered yet. But I can either go around hunting for this vine in such a large country or at least start somewhere and see, okay, does it grow here? Okay, it is growing here. How is it affecting the environment? She's not doing too much damage at all. It's not doing any damage. So we've seen in Kerala, for example, we have medicine growing there for the past five and a half years. Um, I've not seen the conditions since the floods that have just come through to Kerala, unfortunately. Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing the vines will be doing their journeys in whatever way. You know, they're doing pre they were doing pretty well work before I knew, before the situ situation occurred. So for my side, it's always been, if you like something, help cultivate it. You know, if people, if everyone kept a greenhouse, and in that greenhouse, they, for the family, they grew uh, a wachuma cactus, and they grew an Aya vine for themselves. This is your heritage. These are investments that, these are for me, these are, these are the actual investments that you need to do for a family, that you could be a millionaire right now, but if your kids are spoiled and messed up, then at least you've got a plant investment that will, you know, fix that issue. Yeah, help fix it. Help fix it. No, it's it's uh, it, it's fasc it's fascinating, and um, I think you know very very important, and I, and I hope that um, there is, I, I hope there's more people out there who are going to sort of help preserve these sort of plant medicines. I sort of there's a part of me which kind of fears that. That, you know, certain governments would want to try and destroy. Yeah. Um, because well, I they've tried, though, haven't they? They've tried yeah. so long. Yeah, they have. They 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 have, and um, you know, there's obviously there's obviously reasons, you know, behind that. I I I personally generally believe they just don't want us to to access those higher higher levels of intelligence. If you did, then they would no longer have control over you. You know, and they want control. Unfortunately, we try to control so many things. As a human, how much do you really try to control your life and your thoughts and everything around you? It's when they do the same thing. When, she, when, there's, when there's too much money, then you want power. And with power, you can have control. But if we start seeing the news these days, and people are, when people are seeing propaganda, 
on the news. People are calling it out. Yeah. Right? There was a one point one point in time you'll never question what you heard or what you hear from your government. <clears throat> but now people are questioning their authority. People are questioning the government. And that for me is human evolutionary step of going forward. You know? And that, that's true. I mean, that, that's that's a, that's a good point. I mean, you've really, we've re- we've really seen quite a large sort of shift in that. I remember, like, you know, my grandparents' generation, they would believe everything which was in the newspaper. They believe everything which was on the, you know, on the on the on the news on the television. Yeah. Whereas now, I think we're beginning to realise that actually, you know, newspapers are just opinion pieces, really, and you know, you've got somebody out there who's got an agenda and wants to tell a story and you know to stir people up and um i think you know like you sort of said we're starting to see more and more people just go you know this is bs you know i mean i, I don't watch the news uh, and i haven't for years i don't read newspapers um i'm a firm believer that actually if something's really important happening i'll, I'll hear about it anyway yeah um because you just think you know the, the amount of the amount of bs the, i mean it just on a on a most ridiculous level, I mean the, the the stuff we sort of hear about, you know, which you can clearly see is fake news. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's this it's this constant thing, and people I see it all the time where people post things on social media. I'm like, that's not even real. That didn't happen. Yeah. You know, oh yes, it did. I mean, I, mean, I found it on social media. Put some media. effort into it. You know, put some effort. If you if you're gonna lie to me, I, can't, I mean, at least respect my intelligence and make an effort in the lie you're telling me. You know, I think I think the governments are getting tired. To be honest, you know they're they're getting tired of their own bullshit. They're getting tired because it's like, uh, how do we? I mean, they can't. They're unable to convince us of their BS anymore, and people are calling people out. Basically, I mean, I, I mean, we 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 would we would have gone forward once we stopped having a singular ruling party system. Just, I, I, I just don't. I can't get my head around it. I'm like, hold on a second. There's like a 48% to like a 52% vote. But that part is going to rule? What are you talking about? Uh, I think live where you want to live. You vote for a party. That rule only affects you then. Do your thing. I mean, why why pick rules for yourself? Just live. Be happy. But, you know, it's a game at the end. It's the game. Well, yeah, it's the game. And like we sort of said, it's, you know, the people want to... You know they want us. They want to be able and to control. And it's rising up. I find with this game that we all are playing is rise up. You know, there's important things that you need to say and do. Time is irrelevant. You know, say I love you more to people. It's gonna change the way you manifest in your life. You know, it's a simple fear. The most tiniest fears have put our species back, yeah. and it's and it's now time to uh, realize that you're gonna die anyways. So we have nothing to fear. You know. Yeah. No. It's 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 a, it's a very good point. It's a very good point. So going back quickly onto, um, I know people are interested in sort of discussing maybe in a little bit more depth the idea of how we communicate with these extraterrestrial forces ah, that yes, we uh, yes, yes. 
we in, we encounter and you know it's, it's it's a big question and i think it's an important question because it's it, we still have to sort of wonder you know are we if someone said to me the other day when i was talking about dmt they're just like look you're just smoking this substance which is really really strong and you know your brain is just creating this uh, this this hallucination and it, it it left me wondering you know and i sort of was, was busy sort of thinking to myself you know First of all, I don't think my brain is powerful enough to create the experiences that I've experienced and just the sheer depth of the experiences. And, and you, you, meet these, you meet these entities, these creatures who seem to actually know everything about you. Um, you know, your biggest fears, your biggest loves, you know, and a lot of the time, you know, they're very keen to sort of offer you advice and to try and, you know, help you on your way. Yeah. So I just wanted to sort of have a little conversation about that just to see, you know, who have you met? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, what's been maybe one of your most profound experiences? Um, um, I would say uh, <clears throat> there was one particular entity um, that reigned from a, I would say the imagery background was a very ancient, but a very technologically advanced Egyptian uh, setting no I wouldn't I can't even say it was in Egypt because the, um, I again subjectively saying uh, this entity came from a collective of planets that is a new resting place for certain species and its communication started coming through when it was pushing information like texts were coming my way. And even visionary-wise, seeing shapes, patterns, and symbols, and understanding the, uh, the coding, the way, they've, the way humanity is coded, and this individual was showing me different codes, and it was pushing me to start creating. Something that I would, I've, I mean, as a filmmaker, I did, but I wasn't creating a film to help anyone. I was just creating a film to be seen and heard. This would ask me to create certain things. This is where I started getting into coding and started learning uh, software design for the past three years. And within the process, different entities have come in to give different informations. I find it difficult to uh, discuss them in detail purely because a lot of these entities say we work with you but you'd never have to share what we're discussing exactly and if you do we're off the contract so I'm like okay there's, there's... however when it comes down to plant medicine and the entities that communicate through you let's say for example through ayahuasca or through mushrooms per se or even when people smoke uh, DMT a lot of times when you smoke DMT you may arrive at a place that you're not supposed to arrive just yet because you're not in control let's just say of your conscious mothership so you just arrive somewhere and maybe you're not meant to be there just yet I've had people that were told by entities to never come back here again or was told we will see you in X amount of years 
do not come here again. And then they will have this fear against doing something. And that's fine. That's just how you that's just how that individual has to learn. But I have said a lot of the entities that I got to meet through my ceremonies, a lot of them had cultural backgrounds of civilizations on this planet. So that, yeah, I've had the same. They, they, they form different time zones and different places from different uh, method, uh, mythological backgrounds, I would say. But they were all from this plane. There was, however, one, two particular entities that I realized that were always hovering over my back, you know, that weren't the most friendliest. And even in ceremonies, they would sometimes just come sit in front of me as if it was like a shadow. So anything in front of me, I couldn't see. I'm like, look, either I am creating this block or someone's blocking me. How is this helping me and how is it helping you? And this entity spoke out that it has powers, but it's, it's, it had abused its powers. And hence, it needs help to get in. Now, I'm not going to describe exactly what get in is, because there's dimensional spaces that one can travel through. A lot of entities are not allowed to travel beyond that point if they have not fixed their errors or fixed their ways, per se. So a lot of these entities would attach themselves to really sensitive, but hugely, hugely powerful individuals because they can feed off the human's energy. They're feeding off any love that that human being has is being fed into this, this individual. Now, because as a human, you are in this dimensional space, you need to take control of this dimensional space. So a lot of times when you know that, hold on, I'm not a bad person. I should not be having these thoughts. 99% of the time, they're not your thoughts. So that, that I mean, that, that's, that's a really interesting... They're not your thoughts. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like an environment. If you're in a city, for example, people feel stressed and stressed out in a city. But when you get to a park, it's calming. At the end, our, the DMT in our brain is... What I've seen is like a, it's like a Wi-Fi point. If there's crap coming from that side and bad stuff coming there, obviously your dreams are going to only reflect that. So to help yourself with these entities, you can't tell them to fuck off. Mind my language, I'm sorry, I apologize. That's no, fine, no you, problem. You, you can't tell them to just go. See it as a duty, as a human being, that you are a, you're made to love, you are made to heal, and you're made to learn. Listen to the entity. Don't, don't, don't listen and tell it... Do what it's telling you to do first. Listen to it. Analyze it. Okay, how does this benefit me? It doesn't benefit me. Okay, so it's going to benefit the entity. Tell it, you know what? I'm not going to do this to myself. However, I love you. And earn a bit of sage. Here's some sage for this. Enjoy this. It's okay. I know you're learning, Mr. Entity. But on this planet, we work on love. And... You know, right now, you don't have any. So you need mine. So I know I am awesome. And you've come to me for a reason. So I've also... Anyone that has come with issues... I'm specifically going to say cancer. When anyone has come up with cancer... And 
this is because we actually do use ayahuasca for certain cancer patients. It's so prominent, and, and I'm going to be op- really open about this, when my father passed away of cancer, I had a really, really, really uh, 3D thought of cancer, you know, really an unfriendly thought about cancer. However, now, and that, and do you know what, that thought, I'll share that thought. I was actually trying not to share that thought, but, you know, I'll share that thought now. It was as if, well, you know, if you can't hack it, just go, right? You can't you can't deal with yourself. You've got to go. You know, you're, not, you're not supposed to be here, so... You know, you're, you're part of the junk. That's very harsh for me to say that. However, going through a particular condition myself and working with the plants, you know, I commend every single human being that has gone through this illness. And I'll tell you straight up that there is more light in you than the people that are not ill. And right now, you can take back your energy. But you got to start putting that love back inside. Hence, people have cured themselves just by going on a particular diet. You know, so entities—they're there. Mm. You know, a lot of them are there to help. But a lot of the entities that are not there to help aren't even yours. They're—they're they're from baggage, from baggage, from baggage, and they get passed down from generation to generation. If your great 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 granddad had done some bullshit negative energy is formed it's going to be on the shoulder for everyone passing that genetic line then it comes to you now now i always say that if you have these kind of entities plant medicine will most definitely give you the most safest avenue for uh, negotiation it's a very good negotiating platform because there you have the plant spirits, you have other entities that are fully have your backing, they have shown you exactly what you are, and the other entity on the other side, you can say, well, mate, either you're going to get passed down, or we help you end your cycle. Let's help, let's end your cycle. So, what do you think I should do? If you can't, if the entity does not communicate to you any of its wills that it would like to do, go help someone. Anytime you start helping someone, those entities will feed off that love. But the more you fill them up with love and they leave, you get brownie points. You think you think money is important? No. You want what I would call it the cosmic brownie points. You know, earn so much of brownie points because you can use them far beyond than buying a TV and buying an iPhone. You can use them for other things in other different dimensions. So, you know, if you if there are things or entities that you have, you know, let them really be their avenue for you to actually be financially financially gain in the other side. Yeah, your spiritual tokens. We yeah, can, spiritual. Can, yeah, cash yeah. in. It's interesting. I had a had a had a very very powerful experience not that long ago, only a few months ago, where um, I'd used. DMT and one of the frequent themes for me a lot of time is looking at past lives and um, since doing the ayahuasca this seems to be a constant reoccurrence you know I dream them I sort of get 
flashbacks during the day yeah um visions i never thought i'd ever say i'd have visions that's a strange concept to get my head around and i'd i'd, I'd taken the, the dmt and um i found myself in this sort of very dark sort of negative space where um to my left was a line of people and i think i told you this the other yeah, day yeah this, yeah this line of people women and children and it was dark it was you know it had a sort of green hue to it and it was very cold and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of negative negativity to the whole thing and at that point i thought to myself oh you know i'm, I'm not really in the mood for this sort of negative experience right now and the thought popped through my head of having another sort of puff of the dmt to sort of maybe shift this out of the way sure and I knew in my conscious brain that to, if I did this, this was going to be a bad idea. But I was, my ego was just like, well, just do it anyway. And the experience I had, this, this, the, the scene shut down and this, this entity, this energy came at me so fast and was just sending so much vibration at me. It felt like I was being ripped apart on a molecular level. And the resounding feature, what he, you know, the message which he he i sort of say i'm not sure you know but it's just like look if you're here and i'm showing you something you are you are going to you that's the purpose is there's no fast forwarding and it gave me such a shock i didn't do any for quite a number of weeks and like i sort of said to you the first time i did it again guess where i went i went straight back to that scene mm-hmm. and it played this brutal scene out of literally being up against the wall and i'm looking over my shoulder and all you can see is these people's heads just exploding. And you, you turn another sort of 45 degrees and you just see a line of men with, with machine guns and you, we're all being executed. And then it just stops, it just, it, and it just left. As soon as I'd experienced that scene, then it went off into something much more positive, you know, much more stimulating. And you know, those are the people out there who've never tried sort of ayahuasca or DMT will obviously yeah. really struggle to understand that concept. Yeah. Um, but I thought it, fa- I thought it was fascinating how it's just like, no, you, you need to, you need to watch this. You need to, you need to look at this. Absolutely. I'm not conscious of what the learning was right now. I can, I couldn't say that, but it, it was a profound experience and it was the first time an entity had ever really sort of, I felt like it given me a bollocking, yeah. which is like, no, mate, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You are not in control here. There is no skipping this. If we're showing you this, there's a very good reason for it. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, it just, it just reevaluated just saying, look, you know, these are very, very powerful, um, medicines and you, you know, you have to respect them Oh yeah, and you have to have the right, go with the right intentions. And- absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, I said, it's never easy. That's the thing for, for humans, we need to have that certain struggle to really appreciate something like, and I feel even the system, the, the algorithm that we're in right now. I think it's 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 done us good because when it comes down to something like uh, when people do ayahuasca a lot of times you will meet a two-headed or two-bodied serpent like entity um, and it's shown on many different artworks as well which is representation of the ayahuasca vine and the ayahuasca vine is a double helix shape that looks like a DNA strand, which is tightly wound together. Yeah. So then, for me, it was um, I asked the, sh- I, the, the 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 shaman that I was working with, um, Don Hilberto, who was just uh, teaching me how to cook the medicine and how to cultivate. 
he didn't pick up this viper from the ground and he puts it near my face and he's like, are you scared? I couldn't even react to that. I just fell backwards in utter shock. And he goes, see, this is universal programming. You are not scared of the snake, but your fear actually represents respect. So you have automatically respected the snake because there's fear there. Because understand that fear has many aspects to it. It will only take you further. And he didn't talk about love and the fear in love. It's just it's, uh, the simple fact that we mostly have certain reactions to serpents. And yet serpents are so ingrained in many, many myth mythologies and many religious realms, for example. It astounds me, you know, like in, a, uh, like in Hindu mythology, if I can speak about that quickly, like Lord Shiva. He has seven serpents uh, wrapped around his body. So each one is to tighten his ego chakras to this plane. He has no throat because he has a, a dark throat, but he also consumes a lot of cannabis and he has water coming out the hair. Now switch to Peru, where there's a, a, a deity called Chakma, which is a water-based deity. It is both masculine and feminine, depending on the moon and the sun. It has seven serpents wrapped around its body, it has water streaming from its hair, and it has a prominent third eye. These, for me, like these, these connections, you start seeing with uh, when we look at gods or conceptual deities or uh, metaphorical uh, deities for example the fact that so many ancient cultures shared the same structured understanding of a deity through which medicine was a prominent part of the, the lineage of that culture should only prove to us as a species that they had some stuff right and some stuff wrong. We can get that some stuff right and bring it forward. We're doing some wrong now. And it's it's our actions, right? At the end. If if we allow plants to be more integral a part of our lives, it just benefits everyone. Not even you, but it benefits your neighbor. Because you're feeling good, your vibration has changed. You go out, you by being or accepting that you are, I mean, if I'll put it really blatantly, I mean, I think most religious books say, right, you know, uh, God made man in his own image. Well, that basically solves your problem, right? You are God. You are the complete design of God. That means you can do all the good stuff. Or you choose not to do the good stuff. There's no bad. You can either be good or not to be good. You, now you decide what's beneficial for your emotions. Is your ego, does your ego need to have that power? Uh, maybe not. Would it, be a bit, would it want a bit more love in its life? Maybe it would. Yeah, I guess it's, it's, it's about becoming just more conscious of, yeah. you know, your ego, what yeah. motivates you, what drives yeah. you, your behavioral well, patterns. Well, someone goes, oh, someone's being egotistic. I'm like, well, 
yes, they're a human being and they do have an ego. So what's it's, it's, it's okay. You have an ego. You're going to look different. You're going to design yourself differently. You're going to like different stuff. That's cool. Let your ego shine, but let your heart shine as well. Mm. You know, let your mind shine as well. Don't, don't allow one to have a prominent power over the other. There needs to be a bracket in all three. And all three have medicines available, yeah. you know. So if you can't understand it, don't experience it. Experience your mind, you know. Experience your heart. Experience your ego. You, know? you have the mushrooms, you have alcohol, for your ego to a certain point. You have ayahuasca for your ego as well. For your heart, you have cannabis for your heart. You have mushrooms for your heart. You have ayahuasca for your heart. Amazing. Then mm. you have your mind. You have ayahuasca for your mind. You have cannabis for your mind. You have all these plants that are literally there for, you know, me, myself, and I. You know, for the, all those three voices in your head, you have a plant for each one of them. You know, don't deny yourself that by putting... Con- if you don't, if it's, if it's not something about selling it to someone, but it's about allowing people to feel open enough socially to take their curiosity forward. Right now, there's still so much baggage about cannabis that has been cleaned up over the years about the misconceptions. All of these have misconceptions. We type in ayahuasca right now, you're going to get probably the few worst articles I've read about plant medicine. So it's, you need, with everything, extensive research should be there. But my only logical thing with people, when people say, why? I'm like, well, I'm human. And I know logically deep down, I, we don't listen to each other. We don't really, we can give good advice, but we're not really good at taking someone's advice. Yeah, no, I agree with you on you that. Know? So don't take my advice. Take the plant's advice. It's far more intelligent. Mm. Um, very, very quickly, because I think we're going to have to wrap up because we've been sure. going uh, over two and a half hours now. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> um, but quickly, I just want to, you're talking about ego. Yeah. And um, I wanted to quickly sort of touch on the, the, the idea of when we use these plants, ego death. It's something that a lot of people talk about and yeah. uh, I know online. It's, it's a classic sort of thing which a lot of people discuss, you know, have you experienced ego death? What is ego death? Um, I'm still not sure I totally understand ego death or the idea behind it. I have noticed in myself, though, since since utilizing these plants um, that I'm not so reactionary. I am willing to let things go. Um, I don't feel I always have to be right. I'm very happy. I'm I'm far happier to be proven wrong, yeah. And then I obviously learn. So, in, in in your mind's eye, you know, first of all, have you experienced ego death? What is it? Um, because it's something that is obviously talked about a lot in the sort of the sense of yeah. using ayahuasca yeah. and mushrooms, and and obviously more and more people seem to be conscious of ego and how it could potentially. Be a negative for you but it's obviously there for a reason yeah 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 uh well when it comes down to ego death i would say that from what i would use that word ego and the conceptual word of death uh 
you will go through a, an an ego death experience with 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 ayahuasca, with San Pedro, with cannabis as well, because with everything, with plants, the only way they can operate is when you allow them to operate. And who's going to allow them to operate? Your ego. But to to kill the ego or have an ego death experience, like with ayahuasca in particular, it's scary because you feel. I mean, I I from my experience, I I felt that I was going to like leave my body for real, not just thinking that I want to come and see what happens. I want to come and. Um, leave my body because I, I wasn't enjoying my life stage. It was the ego that got that freedom to not have to defend or to protect me at that moment. I'll say, I would say, calling it an ego death experience, I'll say it's an, it's an ego um, retirement experience or, you know, giving the ego some time off. For that experience because it said okay you can you can let go now that's it really with 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 ayahuasca it's about letting go and who is letting go is that letting go the mind is the heart letting go or is the ego not letting go no. i remember my first ceremony where i nothing happened to me oh really literally nothing, nothing happened at all because i was sitting there i'm like all right Let's go, let's go, let's go. In, within like two, three hours, someone's crying, there's, someone's puking all over themselves, someone's going through um, an orgasmic experience over there. I can see someone crying next to me and I'm just looking around thinking, hold on, I paid for that. Why is it not <laughs> happening to me? Like, what's what's the deal, you know? Uh, and I went so... to the shaman, I'm like, dude, like, what the f, man? It's nothing. Nothing's. It's not. Nothing's happening. I want to go through that. And he starts laughing. He goes, "Don't worry. It will come. It will come in time. In time." So when I sat down, I got really angry at myself, and I started like, you know, when you shout, but you don't allow the sounds to come out, but you open your mouth and you're just like, like yelling energy out. Yeah. I was just so frustrated at that moment. So, so pissed off. I can't, you're, like, you're such a failure that you can't even have an experience like this. And that was that was the first day. So the second day going in, I was like, screw everything. I just want to leave. I just want to leave. Forget, for, forget everything, you know. And, you know, that's where the ego starts speaking to you. The thing is, it's always on your side. So I would say... Ego death will not be something that one would experience. It's your ego letting go or giving way to you to experience more. You know, ego death is, I think it's, it's what they say when you purge with ayahuasca, they're saying, who is purging? Are you purging or is your ego purging? Because it's coming out from there. It's releasing everything. Exactly, your ego has been defending you for so long. It's been trying to protect yourself for so long. It has to let go of some of the stuff. So if anything, it's ego cleansing, not ego. I've got maybe ego cleansing experience here. Yeah. I, think, I think that's a, 
I agree with you. I think that's a, it's a nicer way because, like you sort of acknowledged, the ego is there to to protect you, to help you. That's that that's that's all it's interested it's your in. Your only really. friend you have, and maybe it could be your it can be your only friend or your worst enemy. You know, it depends on how you play it because people say, uh, actually, I was saying even your mind. You know, it can. It can be your best friend or your worst enemy. Well, like we were discussing earlier, you know, people having, you know, sort of negative conversations with themselves, yeah. beating themselves up mentally. Yeah. You know, we all do it. Yeah. And, and it, you, you want to help. But at the same time, I realize that I get why we need plants. Because at some levels, there's a higher, higher, way higher powers than we can even imagine. That's underworks. So, no, I mean, you've never had to develop a tree to make air for yourself. It's all been made for us. So don't overcomplicate situations. If there's issues in the mind, there are plants available in nature that can help for sure. Well, let's let, let's let's hope moving forward that our, our governments and the people in control of us at the moment actually start to recognize and allow allow us to to do that yeah. and to experiment with yeah. these plants because you know as we've sort of acknowledged throughout this podcast you know there are you know everybody suffers and there seems to be much more suffering and it's uh, for me i just think it's a real tragedy that we're not openly exploring these wonderful plants yeah. which have the you know the potential to fundamentally change our lives massively absolutely absolutely so well i think we're on that note i think well, let's wrap it up because we've been going for well yeah well okay <laughs> two hours and 45 minutes and uh but listen it's been an absolute pleasure tita thank I, you for I think me. we'll continue having conversations of course because uh, i think we've probably only just about scratched the surface in in over two and a half hours today yeah. but thank you my friend i really thank appreciate it you. it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and you. um as i said this this won't be the this is the first podcast first. we'll do together i'm of sure course, of course. um so Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, we'll be back next week.